and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan, and shit, I don't know if I remember how to do this. I know, it's literally been probably two months since our last one. I know I know we had an episode that came up kind of, like only like a week and a half ago, but uh, believe me, that episode was recorded like a month and a half plus ago. Yeah, yeah, so some shit, we'll, we'll get to Joker and we'll talk about other stuff, you know, but some shit went down between uh, the last episode and this episode. Yeah, pretty much. So what happened is that uh, I, I got the cancer. It just kind of came out of nowhere, and it's the Burkett's lymphoma for anyone who wants specific cancer. But uh, that kind of was like, it was a weird, like, buildup. Like, it just started off as, like, this, like, oh, I got this light back pain. You know, whatever, I'll just stretch it out. It'll be fine, okay. And as weeks kind of goes on, that back pain, or whatever, back soreness turns into pain, and then next thing you know, it's, like, weeks later, and it's, like, pretty much just making me like not even sleep at night but you just keep going like ah, i probably threw my back out you know that sounds logical right and then uh as time goes on it's just hmm this is not going away this is getting kind of weird and then i had like my stomach kind of start bloating and then finally just got to a point where it's like oh i'm not even sleeping or anything like that i'm like totally out of it i don't even know maybe on some of those last podcasts it might have shown in that part because that might have been the part where i was just like literally like having no i can't, can't even really barely sleep at night i'm not too sure maybe maybe i had enough energy for a podcast but n- not for a whole lot else yeah then finally got myself checked out it's like oh yeah you're, you're uh gotta get cat scan and whatnot they're like your lymph nodes are all swollen uh yeah you might have cancer you should go over the cancer unit right now and then from that point on it was just like next thing you know i've been in the hospital for like good old month plus and then um yeah finally finally feeling better and could kind of get back to like let's do some podcasting, got getting back to Pizza Boys, getting back to a little bit of the groove. It's not done yet, but it's like at least it's kind of on the the recovery phase. Yeah, well, I remember. Um, and granted, your your side's way more interesting because way more like a lot more shit happened. But just hearing about, it, I remember being like it was a Friday, and I remember <laughs> seeing this big group text that I was put in, and it started by Laura, and then I scroll down and it seems like it started off like an older text number she put in so I'm like oh whatever I'll read this later and then not thinking anything about it and then seeing all this oh my god I'm so sorry uh, I'm hoping the best I'm like what the fuck and I happen to be like at a company like party while this is happening already like a few drinks in and then I scroll up and read the whole thing and I'm like what the fuck and I went from being like hey guys going on <laughs> to being like sobering up and like okay like I'm, I'm not one of those people who gets overly emotional when he drinks but i am one of those people who really says what's on his mind when he drinks i'm like okay just stay composed stay composed don't you know yeah so it's just like you know we're up a fucking bowling alley and i'm like okay here's where i force a smile and don't suddenly you know but it was one of those things where yeah here in your like here in your best friend's got cancer out of nowhere it's like <laughs> what the fuck and it was this whole because we didn't really know like and i didn't when i was texting laura here and there but i at the same time didn't want to like bombard her because i know everybody's going and asking her about a million things at once and plus she's god what, what you know what you're going through and then what your family's going through i was just like jesus christ i you know but then one night you sent me a text just out of the blue like i knew but you didn't know i knew yet you sent me a text out of the blue of like, 
dude, check out this 1970s style Batman poster. And I was like, all right, well, he's clearly feeling a little better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like, every once in a while, it's like, you know, you kind of be in the hospital, and then you're like, oh, I, I got, like, this moment where I don't feel so bad. Uh, let, let's, uh, hey, what, what do you know? Look what I saw on Twitter. And it's like, you know, something funny out here. Here's this cool Batman poster or whatnot. But um, it, was, it, was, it was that kind of odd one that I think it shocked, like, everybody else around me. But the second they told me that, I was like, huh. Oh, an answer. I kind of had this idea that I had cancer. I was joking about it a month ago, but uh, makes sense now. Because I kid you not, I spent like the last like two months or whatever before that. I was like, I was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with this? Like, it's like, I, you know, I was trying everything. I was finding all kinds of weird like kung fu stretches to try out and different like, you know, Indian ones and so on. It's like, dude, it's not working. Like, why can't I fucking fix this? You know, and I'm reading all this different stuff, trying to figure this out. Like, going, like, dude, what is wrong? That was, like, my daily pursuit is to try to figure out what was wrong. Tried chiropractor, didn't work. Tried massage, didn't work. You know, no matter what I was doing, it was, like, not working. So the fact when they finally said, like, this is what it is, uh, we could get it fixed. It was like, oh, okay, cool. That, that's all I needed to know. Boy, I've been looking for that answer for a while. <laughs> it's like, you got cancer. Like, Doc, best news I've heard all week. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those ones where it's like... Jesus Christ! It's, you know you don't know you don't know what it's been like. I hope right Big now. Lots has a Big Lots has a discount on on shavers. <laughs> That's the funny thing though is I shaved once and then like because my hair was starting kind of like once they kind of detail you got the chemo and whatnot they're like yeah your hair is gonna fall out so, <laughs> so <laughs> you just kind of accept it at that point you're like well fuck I'm going full Lex Luthor you know <laughs> sorry choking on well, tea already why am I choking on tea That's a stupid one to choke on but <laughs> but um. Well, first thing, I remember when I was like, okay, I'm going to shave my head off. And all I thought about was, like, there's those Pantera VHSs. Well, you guess you can get them on DVD nowadays. But I was just thinking about there was these, like, three Pantera videos that they released in the 90s. And it was, like, kind of a cool concept because it was just Pantera backstage with a handy cam, you know. And it was during, like, each kind of, like, album and tour and so on. And, like, the first one has, like, they have, like, the total, like, they bought a handy cam down at, like, you know, the Rite Aid or something and just, like, went <laughs> off and just shot backstage stuff. And it's just kind of cool because it was very, so raw and just seeing these guys in there. And then, like, you get the second one, you can tell, like, oh, well, the, now they realize this was kind of a cool thing, so they've approved their camera. But there's a part where Phil and Samo goes from having that weird, like, long mohawk thing he has, like, in Cowboys from Hell, to, like, fully shaving it off. I'm like, well, yeah, hell yeah, be like, Phil and Samo, gonna look fucking badass and everything like that. And then, you know, kind of coming out after not really being able to eat and all that kind of stuff and losing a bunch of weight, shaving your head. Then you look like, well, I kind of look like Billy Corgan right now, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you just need a little bit more eyeshadow to pull off the Billy Corgan. And yeah. you got to get those weird, like, yeah. well, actually, to come back around. Billy Corgan sometimes does kind of like the Joker-style dances in some of his videos. So <laughs> there's a little bit of that. But um, we'll, we'll get to the Joker later. But, uh... Yeah, I remember trying to come see you because it was literally literally a matter of like waiting for the okay and making sure I didn't have a cold or anything like that because you're really susceptible to it then. And then um, when uh, going to visit you, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm not sure I told you this, but there was this initial. I knew you'd look a little different, but there's initial this initial like jarring like first reaction like oh what the fuck is seeing you like you know like looking like 40 pounds lighter in the face and everywhere. I was just like, oh, shit, what the fuck? And there's an initial, like, hey, man, how you doing? And trying to feel the room, trying to, like, all right, I'm not sure how many, I'm not sure where to go into or how to, when, how to break the ice. Oh, traffic was good. Traffic wasn't too bad. You know, give me time to catch up on some podcasts. And, uh, okay, okay, okay. And then, like, you said, dude, at some point, 
my bowl, my balls were so swollen. It was like that episode of South Park where the tree like bounce bounces. Like, okay, we can just cut into how we usually talk. All right. <laughs> I know that, that, that's it. Literally got because it was like there was this period where it's like it was like the first, I guess, the first wave of chemo. It was like my whole like lower body just swolled up. It was like I had fucking elephantitis, but like everything, everything from like below the stomach down was just massive, and it got it just kept growing and growing. I mean, like, to the point where it's like, oh, okay, I can kind of do, like, the cowboy shuffle while I'm walking down the hall to, like, there was a point where it's like, one day it's like, I ain't fucking walking. I ain't going anywhere. Like, <laughs> just, like, the legs would just rub, and then, like, your fucking nuts were just, like, I mean, like, literally, like, you look at fucking Stan's dad in that South Park episode, that was about what it was like. I mean, that was, like, not that far off, and it was just like, oh, I don't know, I, there's nowhere for them to go, so like, you, how are you supposed to walk? <laughs> <laughs> but you get to go to the restroom, or like whatever. Let me bounce my way over there. And I remember, like, I, I literally kept asking multiple nurses, I'm like, and doctors, if this was just normal. And everybody's like, yeah, normal, just you know, a little swelling from little chemo, nothing. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, just wanted to make sure. And then I remember I asked like one lady, what? So they was like, you know, is, is this normal? This nurse, you know, and I was, she's like, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's just well as what's like, you know, you, you know, wiener swells up and everything. We we just call it pinching the turtle. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, pinching the turtle. Right, right, right on. There we go. That, that's It's safe. Okay, I get it. Just, just want to make sure that didn't have just some side reaction to God knows what, to radiation. You know you know how this stuff is. I mean, some people well, get su- superpowers. Um, I'm hoping this is not mine. Well, I remember, like, turtle man. Like, oh, does he have, like, a super strong back and super great defense? Like, not exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, defense. What? Maybe there's more defense down there. I'm not too sure. Well, his balls are like a hard shell, you know. So, yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, because there's that initial, like, uh, n- not not to make it about, like, what I was feeling or anything, because you're, you're the one going through all the real shit, but there's that initial, like, going there and visiting and trying, you know, like like I said, there's that first period of trying to, like, oh, man, I can't believe he's going through this shit, and then just, you know, just trying to make conversation without being too like oh you look different you know but then as it went on though like all right yeah he's still totally the same guy he's you're in seeing you in high spirits really made me feel a lot more like all right great 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 okay so things must be going all right if he's and making jokes about you know his balls and looking like randy's and south parks and then there's this lady who came in who is like a spiritual advisor like any and all religion or any and all philosophy came in like I'm here to make you feel happy and try and talk <laughs> she, She's to you like soon. the lady who would invent the coexist, like, bumper sticker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, on, like, a dark green Jeep Cherokee. From, you know? Like, the, she, that's probably what she drives, you know? Exactly. And, um, and then she comes in. She's like, so, how are you feeling? This and that. You know, just kind of prepared for whatever people unload on her. And then, like, oh, yo, my friend's visiting right here. And my other, my other friend, Kyle... Visit two days previously. Other people have been coming in. Like, I'm doing good. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, I'm doing fine. Okay. <laughs> Bounced. And just like, best customer ever. Jesus, I don't got to tell this dude anything. He's already, all right, cool. I know. It's funny because like throughout my whole kind of stay there, there was, a, there was these multiple kinds of like, in a sense, I guess you would say like positive motivation sort of helpers of some kind that would kind of come in. And just want to, like, make sure, because I, I guess some people have shitty times, but, like, for me, like, everything was like, hey, I, I finally figured out this mystery that I've had for, like, the last, like, two and a half months that's been really fucking plaguing me. 
Two, I like now I'm in great care. Everything's getting better. You know, I couldn't add like every every nurse was like amazing. You know, super nice, super informative. Like you know, I- anything that you kind of needed, like they they had you covered a hundred percent. So it's like it's like and, uh, still it's like. The way I look, I've, like, got my own room here, got a nice view of Sacramento. It's just, like, looking out the window and so on. Like, there was, there was like, nothing you could complain about, like, in a sense. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, and it's like, here's the thing. It's like, yeah, you know, you, you can't, you're, obviously, you can't go to work, and you're not being able to do, like, podcasts and work on the comic book at the moment. And thank Christ I finished Pizza Boys issue 8. I made so sure that I got that done, even though I was feeling so crappy towards the very end there. I was like, that is getting done before anything happens, no matter what. <laughs> like, I remember asking you, like... What do you like? You know, like maybe like ten minutes in my visit. Like, what are you more pissed off about? That you have cancer, or you can't finish the graphic novel for volume two? And I was like, I would have been so pissed if I didn't finish issue eight at least. That was like my key thing. I was like, because I can at least get to the graphic novel in a reasonable time. But I was like, I did not want to leave issue eight hanging any longer. So I made sure that got out. But it was funny. Like speaking of just those spiritual advisors, like throughout time there were some other ones that kind of came in. Like one time there was this like pastor guy, and he was actually real nice or whatever. I don't know what he was kind of for and we just hang out and talk but he's like you know that they're coming in they're going like okay the person gonna be like man life fucking sucks got cancer my fucking balls i don't even know where to put them anymore sir do you know where i can put my balls and he's like oh god not this one again you just watch this episode this uh season of south park see you could either get you could get yourself a little bouncy thing or you can get yourself a wheelbarrow there's there's options uh we could provide a wheelbarrow if you need it from the hospital it's got to stay on the hospital grounds, though. Yeah, yeah. Right you don't, don't think you're going to be wheeling this out anywhere, you know what I mean? You're not going down to fucking Ace of Spades and carrying your balls to that constant if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> if I see a hobo pushing one of these wheelbarrows, I'm going to be really fucking pissed. Because I know where he got it from, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but, um, like, and I've been oh, you like, think you got my sympathy just because you got fucking cancer? Yeah, fuck no. you. This is my life. Shit. I should be... The People should feel bad for me. I gotta listen to their bullshit all day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what makes you so fucking special? Here's your fucking wheelbarrow. Yeah, get the fuck out. Yeah, that's gonna cost you when you get out, too. I'll send you the bill in the mail. I wanna make it a surprise number. <laughs> but, um... But, uh... uh it was funny, because, like, you know, that you know that guy just talked and just be like, yeah, dude, fucking doing great. Like, what is there to complain about? I remember there was, like... A psychiatrist came in, you know what I mean? And, like, I was told, I was like, dude, it's like, I was like, literally, what is there to complain about? Got, you know, great, greatest, like, nurses ever, like, coming and helping you out. You know, doctors sees me every day. You know, the food's good here. You know, I know, ironically, people always say hospital food's not good, but it's Sutter in Sacramento. It was like, they had me dialed in. Anything I wanted, like, whatever. Like, you know, they came in every day to see what you wanted for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, I'm mean, getting three squares a day, got a, got a view, you know, I got my own room, my own bathroom, like, you know what I mean? I got my, I had my Amazon Fire Stick hooked up so I could watch Netflix, Hulu, or whatever I want. I didn't have to watch one of those stupid cable commercial channels, you know what I mean, that they give you. That's one thing, it's like, you know, they give you like 78 channels, they give you that basic, like, cable setup. And it's always that one where it's like, you know, I would trade all 78 of those channels for just one movie channel with no commercials. I don't care what movies you play, you can play anything on there. <laughs> As long as there's not a commercial, I don't care what it is. But beyond that, Next it's like stars Espanol. Yeah, I, I would take that because it's one of those ones like that. Those commercials. Hey, who knows? In two and a half weeks, it might know Spanish by that point. Well, you could have Laura just like you know translate it for you. No, yeah, I'll be, I'll be like Tom Cruise and like Last Samurai. You know, what I mean, I'll just figure it out by having to be forced to be like that's all I can watch. Or Antonio Banderas and uh, thir- and like a uh, Thirteenth Warrior. 
Oh, yeah, 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 because that's how he learns that, too. It's just like He just sat on a boat for, like, two days <laughs> listening to this guy, like, I speak the whole language now. I, I know nobody. I am Saudi Arabian. <laughs> I love that. They, just, they get this boat right next to you. Know, he's, like, fluent. He's, like, writing books and fucking Viking. <laughs> How'd you know that? You're a savage. I know because I listened. <laughs> that's all. That, that, that's it. That's but, all it uh, takes. But, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I don't know. I was, I was taking a drink the same time you were taking a drink, but um, I don't know. But yeah, but beyond that though, it was like was well, ones like to me. I was like, I can't really complain. And at the same time, I was kind of like after just like working just so hard, just on like so many projects and just different things for like months on end and so on, like day in day out, just like waking up bright and early at like six in the morning just so you could work all the way till nighttime. It was kind of like, oh, I could. You mean I could just lay in this bed and kind of hang out? For, oh, okay. You know what? This is kind of like a little vacation. I know that sounds fucking weird, but it, it's it was kind of like you know what? It was kind of like oh, I could kind of kick back for a little bit and like you know not be oh, I have to get this done. I have to do this. Like you know, I got these time frames. It's just like huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's that weird kind of like it, it just sort of like you know you, you're taking a I guess you would someone say a bad situation and just making it good. That, that's how I kind of looked at it. Like, I looked at all the positive things of it and go, whatever. <laughs> well, I, 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 I know that's not how, like, that's not like, there. like how, what nobody said about cancer. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're coming out, they said, then I think you told me, or Laura told me, that um, since you're such a health freak and such, and since you work out so much, that your body was, like, able to handle the chemo and go through that a lot more easier, so that... It almost like you said, just like oh, it just seems kind of like a elongated stay at a day spa. Yeah, that's exactly well. That's what like they kind of said. They're like, I think going in, it's kind of like I thought about like all the muscle mass I had and so on. It's like that was just like a reserve tank that kept me alive for like a month, you know. And it's like, you know, that's sort of like the best way to look at. It. It's like yeah, lost it all, but like here's the thing that 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 was there to kind of protect you, you know what I mean? It was look, it was it was there just waiting for that moment, you know what I mean? It was like a parachute that you know you just kind of have on your back until you need it, and. um I think I think that, and just probably also being younger, because you know, like you know, most people are having you know cancer when they're in their sixties and seventies, and I think there's a big difference when you know you're in your thirties. It's probably like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we could do this, but yeah, for the most part, it's like, yeah, I felt like I had like practically none of the real side effects, you know, um, but maybe a little bit of nauseousness, but like never enough that was like terrible, you know, just kind of like, uh, okay, I'm just gonna end my meal early, like that. That's kind of it. Like don't don't eat the whole thing, or else you'll be just feeling kind of funky for the next six hours. And if that was kind of the worst thing, it's like no, oh, whatever. You know, what I mean, that's not so bad then. I remember when I was visiting, we watched like the weirdest Jack <laughs> Nicholson movie that he directed. It was like, oh, it's a romantic comedy slash western. It's directed and stars Jack Nicholson. And we we're just sitting there like. I feel like I should like this more than I do. Like, we both kind of have that attitude. Well, it sounded like such a sweet movie. It was like, okay, Jack Nicholson, it's a comedy, western. It's like, uh, what the hell was that called, too? It was called, um, it was like from 77 or 78. God, I feel bad not knowing what that is. It had, like, the most simplest name, too. I, I forgot, yeah. Fuck, all right. It had um, Doc Brown, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, it had... Uh, Christopher Lloyd, when he was young. Christopher Lloyd was in it. John Belushi was in it. Like, when you're just watching the credits, there was just so many people. Um, 
can't remember the lady's name too, but the lady from Back to the Future Three was also in it too. Um, the one Christopher Lloyd's, I guess, wife. I should say specify which lady, but um, well, in the Back to the Future, but uh, she was in it. Uh, had you know, I had a couple other people too in it, so it was just like, oh, there's no way this movie's not going to be amazing. And then it was just this kind of weird one where it's like, oh, Jack Nicholson committed crimes. He's going to be hung today. Does anybody have a reason why this guy should be alive? And then there was this old lady like, I'll marry him. Well, if you marry him, then we, you can take him and, you know, fix him up. Because that must have been a rule back in the old days. Well, some old, like, hag, you know, like, widow wants to marry this, like, degenerate, like, loser. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's a, that's, that's a form of, like, re, you know, reform and so on. So, of course, the second that Jack Dustin gets in, he's like, oh, it'd be great, you know what I mean? Like, okay, let's see the bride. And he, like, pulls her, like, bonnet over and whatnot, and she just has, like, a heart attack and dies. Uh, it's just <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, let's get the hanging back on. I guess that's over. Move along. <laughs> Nothing to see here. And then, um, of course, the chick from Back to the Future 3 is, like, comes out at some point. It's like, oh, I'll marry him and take him in. You know, and they're like, are you sure, lady? It's like, look at him. He's Jack fucking Nicholson. <laughs> You don't know what he's gonna do. He's gonna have, all, he's gonna take all the cocaine and probably take your life savings and leave the next morning with his buddy, uh, his buddy Peter Fonda. Yeah. Oh, here I remember what the movie's called. It's called Going South. I knew it was fucking. That's simple. right. Yeah. And spelled going with like an apostrophe and no G at the end. But um, it was one of those ones where it's just kind of like he's like, you know, in two years he's gonna be in, making The Shining. Just, just letting you know. I mean, I, I got a little forward script, you know, just. You're saying what happens in that one. You sure you want to take this Jack Nicholson home? And she's like, no, 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 I'll take him home. Well, I wonder, I could totally see it being a thing like, Jack, what do you want to call this movie you're making? Going south. That's what you call when you're, like, eating pussy, right? That's what you call Like, oh, yeah, that's what I'll be doing this whole movie. Just eating a big boatload of pussy. Like, oh, Jack, I don't know if we can put that on the poster. (laughs) Well, then It's a euphemism. We're going for gold and we're going south. You get it. Do you want Jack in your movie or not? It's just like, uh, Jack, this is you. This is your movie. You wrote, directed, produced, and starred in it. So uh, it's it's really up to you to tell you the truth. I see this being maybe. A t- I think you said it like this. I think it was like a tax write off. You know, he had it a cocaine binge, probably. Well, the movie was so like like the camera angles and everything. The way that it was shot was so odd. Like it just had these just strange chosen angles and weird kind of like views and it, yeah, it just. It, it felt kind of like, I, the best way to say it, it felt like very kind of like sort of 70s low budget, but not like so low budget that felt like a amateur movie. Just felt like literally like what Jack was doing on a fucking two-week vacation. Asked a friend. He wanted a reason to go to Mexico. So. Yeah. <laughs> he, and he needed a movie to fail because he must have had two, two movies that were doing too good that year or something. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you, you know what? Nothing you make will ever do bad. Like, oh yeah, watch this. <laughs> yeah, <Love> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, those Jack, are... you lost a lot of money on the. You made, you lost a lot of money on this movie. Yeah, well, I made five dollars in this bet. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like this movie's all about like you know uh, the Back to the Future lady just takes Jack Nicholson. And she's like, okay, well you can live here, but you got to sleep out of the barn and you got to work in my mine that I have. By the way, you didn't know that was coming, did you? Huh? She's kind of almost using him for a patsy. You find out there's a long there's a long game, and it's I don't remember a lot. I remember we almost were talking more. You we usually are just kind of glued to the movie, whatever whatever's on for both of us. But this was a case where we're just like, oh yeah. So what do you what do you want to do when you get out? Oh this that you know whatever. 
Well, it's also, too, it's like, it was one of those movies that was only like an hour and a half, but it felt like it stretched for like two hours and like 20 minutes or something. I don't know why. Just like, because not a lot happened. It was like, at first, it was kind of interesting with the hanging and Christopher Lloyd's character, and you saw John Belushi, and John Belushi's playing a Mexican, which just. Oh, and um, not, not, also that, uh, who else was. Um, uh, da- um, Danny DeVito was in it too, playing a Mexican. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Cause, Danny DeVito barely talked, but he was there. Yeah, yeah I'd say same with John Belushi. He barely had any lines as well, too. Oddly enough, and um, we realized he wrote a Mexican character, but none of us speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I think that's he right. Probably, but... He probably should have thought of this ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Because they all just had like very like cheesy accents almost, but uh, it almost made it just more funny in the long run too. But um, but yeah, for like the longest time, like nothing's happened. They're like just Jack Nicholson and then the lady and they're like you know in the mine working and it's dark so you can't see what the hell's going on and he's just creepy just being stuck in a dark mine of you know Jack Nicholson for one thing and then um, and then I love how later on there was that I don't know what you call it like it was sort of a, a romance scene slash like partial rape scene I don't even know what it was but like Jack Nicholson was just tying so we just call it 70s love yeah, yeah, so it was totally seventies. <laughs> it was quite. It was. I mean, I guess it was kind of consensual. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Well, the weird thing is, it's like okay, it's, if it's a romantic comedy, that would have been that weird scene in the movie where someone would be like, "No, no, we we can't. We're just friends, or you know, we just work together, and so on." Then it would turn in like somehow, some way, it would turn out to be like, "Oh, we actually do kind of like each other." It felt like it was meant to be that scene in any other movie, but in this one, it was treated like it was a horror movie, and he was chasing her around the house, and then tying her down because he was just pissed off at her and you're like oh god it's jack nicholson and they had scary music playing in the background and you're like romantic comedy huh this is where uh, kubrick saw that and like huh i got an idea yeah so it's just like it was just like wait a second is this what, what am i supposed this is to like think a, here this is a romantic comedy to jack nicholson I'm like what this is this is tuesday night for me well you, you don't you know you know you never tied down a woman when she pissed you off and you know, you're just tying her down, right? You know, playing some scary music in the background. Hey, I do this all the time. They love it. They might tell you they don't love it, but that's just 70s talk. <laughs> so, yeah, and then by the end, like, some people that were going to try and save him, or he tried, they came to visit him right before he's getting hung. They come in like, oh, we hear you broke out. Oh, we hear the, there's some money coming in. So then it becomes this whole people's trying to keep the truth from each other. Like, oh, we got to find this money before this gets taken over by the railroad or something to that effect or the bank, something around those lines. And then the chick just decides to let, take off with the money. He catches her and says, no, you're not. She's like, okay. That's it? Yeah. All right, cool. We're still married. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Well, well, how about that then? <laughs> and that Tune was like next the, week, kids. That was like the end of the movie. It's just like, what? Man, this movie, it's that weird thing. And it's like, I know that's happened to me so many times that I've found movies that like you just look at and you go like, oh, dude, this sounds amazing. Like, look at the cast. Look at who's directing it. Look at who's writing it. You know what I mean? Like, like look what type of movie it is. It's like, it's got to be amazing. How could it not work? And then you kind of watch it and you're like, oh. Huh. Well, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, I mean, they can't all be winners. I mean, how many things Jack Nicholson's done that are amazing? Not everything can be winners, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, uh, I don't know. Still, still interesting, if not, you know. I'm not saying, like, it's just a movie, it's like, you almost just need it, like, in, like, kind of like a rewind review, like, ten minute, like, overview of, like, just go through the scenes and, like, the, just, like, the best parts are, like, one of those, like, 
like super edited together pieces, but fan cut. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those. Give me like a ten minute cut of it, of like all the best parts, and it'd be the perfect. I want to say this is a. I want to say Kevin Smith said this in the Clerks Two audio commentary. He was saying like it's weird. People really. Some people they really hated the movie, but they said they loved the opening and they loved the end. So I'm thinking like, what if I just made this movie like just ten minutes long? It just opens up and then we just cut to like two years later. Like, oh look, we got the store. Don't worry, Al. The end. <laughs> people would love it. Uh, that'd be hilarious. Well, I will say though that like that I think in Clerks too though that the, that beginning it well, well technically the end. That's one of the best endings in almost any movie. It was in Clerks too. Like that ending right there is about well, as that one of the most solid endings you could possibly have. Yeah, like I, watching Clerks two again, I don't like it as much as when I first saw it, but um, it's still a good movie. I still think it's good, but um, it's still, still funny. Living daylights out of that movie when it first came out. Like, oh yeah, shit! Yeah, I we'll treated fun. it like a week long holiday when Clerks two came out on DVD. It was just like, did it matter? Well, it's like Clerks two day taking the day off of school. Clerks two day. Guess what we're watching today in class? Clerks two day. I still got the DVD in my hands. Like, you imagine, like, to an adult, you would have just annoyed the hell out of them if you watched the same movie seven days in a row. Well, we just, around that time, we'd already been out for a year or two prior, we, well, we both got the Clerks 10th Anniversary DVD, and it had that great documentary on there, The Snowball Effect, mm-hmm. which is just them making the Clerks movie, and how, like, this documentary, this really well-made documentary on how they made the movie. And it was one of those things where... You got that. We're like, what's that? We just clicked on it. We didn't realize we were watching a whole hour and a half documentary on the making of Clerks. But then we were both so fucking inspired by the time that was over. And then maybe just a few months later, Clerks 2 came out. So we were totally in Kevin Smith Clerks mode. Like, we're going to make a movie and get famous one day. Clerks 2, it's the next one. You know, so. And then, well, look at it now. It's not his best movie. It's still good. I still like it. But mm-hmm. it, the ending is, the, like, the last, like, 20 minutes, roughly, of that movie is probably the best part of it. And, um, uh, he's actually, did you hear what he's doing with Clerks 3? Because initially Clerks 3 was getting canceled, but then he decided he's going to rewrite Clerks 3 and uh, try and do another version of it. And uh, Jay, uh, Jeff Anderson agreed to it. Oh, sweet. Because originally they weren't, he wrote Clerks 3, they were going to do it, but then Jeff Anderson didn't want to do it because... I guess he didn't like the scripts. And then Kevin Smith went and I guess he took took some time to reflect. And he says, you know what? I mean, because he apparently did a public reading of the script and I can't find anything on him. I'm assuming he's going to release it as a podcast. I hope he does. But um, he apparently did a public uh, uh, reading of the script in uh, the Highlands um, Theater where they did auditions for the first clerks. And out of that, he said, like, you know, I realized something that this is actually this this is more of a drama it's more depressing than it is funny this is actually a story about death so i'm wondering like holy shit does like randall die in this or does dante die what happens does it come back around to that so i'm kind of curious he says the third one's gonna be still it's gonna be heartfelt but it's still gonna be funny and it's gonna be way less depressing as this one yeah well that that would be kind of weird you know what i mean because at the, at the end of the day it's like you kind of the way that Clerks is sort of set up, and you know, I mean, you almost got to still kind of keep it like first and foremost a comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not saying you can't have a little bit of like you know drama in there, but you know, I, I could see because you know it's that kind of thing where you when you're writing your own stories, you you could all of a sudden take it and switch it hardcore to a different like genre, and like as the writer yourself, you think it's the most amazing thing ever because you're like, oh man, I'm exploring things that like I would have never thought, but you know, you got to think of the audience is like what they're thinking about showing up to. 
is a comedy. You know, it's, it's, it's like that, uh, just like the Jack Nicholson movie. They, they expect to be showing up this romantic <laughs> comedy western, and then next thing you know, it's they're there, and there's it's a western with, you know, no action till the end. And I mean, when the action happens, kind of cool, but you're kind of like, oh, what's going on here? We're like in a dark mine half the time. And If anything, it's a good view into the mind of Jack Nicholson in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. It's got interesting camera angles. I will, I will give it that. I don't know if they're really the best choice of camera angles. I don't know how they got chosen, but... I'm still pretty sure that whole thing was a tax write-off somehow. It it was. Because you know it just felt like you just got a crew together of just like, hey, uh, Bill, Bob, you know, Jeff over there. Oh, that's not your name? Well, fuck it. You're Jeff now. Uh, You guys like being grips? No? Well, guess what? You want to come work on my movie? You can shoot. You can be the boom man. You know what? You you can run that clipboard thing. I don't know what the fuck it does. I just tell him to get the (laughs) fuck out of my face every time I see it. (laughs) I'm Jack fucking Nicholson. I don't need a clipboard in front of me. He probably wanted an excuse to hang out with Dan DeVito, Chris Lloyd, Chick from Back to the Future 3. Yeah, John Belushi and all those guys that just like... Oh, hang, John Belushi was the one that brought the coke, probably. Yeah, and hang out and do drugs, and you know, that, that's what it was all about. Out in the desert, probably do peyote or something. Yeah, I, I think that, that was that, that was probably what... It was like, we're just going to make a movie so nobody comes and bothers us. I actually do want to do some research into that now. Just find out, oh, yeah, this is all 100% right. <laughs> I know. That, that would be fun to look up and so on. But, um, but yeah, no matter what, though, yeah, I, I hopefully hope that Clerks 3 finally does kind of get going because that's been a long time coming. But, um, yeah. I, I just, I'm just really curious. It, sorry, the audio went out for a second, so hopefully I'm not repeating something you just said. But I hope they release the uh, whatever the whatever the reading of Clerks, the original Clerks 3 script was, because I'm curious to know what that would have been. Yeah, that'd be very interesting to kind of hear and see, see what that's all about. And go from there. I almost so. for myself more interested in movies that almost got made than movies that actually get made. Yeah, well, it's almost like more of a story and like a, oh, a what-if kind of feeling to like that. That's why I think it's so cool just kind of reading those scripts and so on and kind of seeing what could have been. I mean, I mean, granted, mostly all those scripts always, like, are written like they're 300, you know, million dollar budget movies, but... <laughs> so you kind of go, like, well, I, I, I get where uh, that part's not going to happen, but obviously Clerks 3 wouldn't be like that. Clerks 3 would just be like, huh, a hard drama. Let's see what happens. I guess, like, a, it's like a Chasing Amy, but with Clerks characters. Well, I mean, it was still, it was still meant to be, like, a comedy, but apparently it was, ended on a very depressing note, and it was way more darker than anything else he wrote up to that point, other than probably Red State. But um, it was actually, going back to, like, what-if scripts and all that, what-if scripts, to um, canceled scripts and would-be movies, mm-hmm. there's apparently, I don't know if it's out there, but there is apparently a, uh, I'm not sure if it was just the synopsis or the whole scripts out there, but a draft of... This Justice League script they were writing right after um, uh, Man of Steel, before it was set to be, uh, before it was set to be Ben Affleck, and before it was set to be Zack Snyder shooting and making the DCEU or whatever. So that there might be another version of Justice League out there. So uh, yeah, another another one, huh? That's interesting. Speak, speak of Ken, like almost so there, well, there's the there's the proposed one there's the proposed ones that David S. Goyer and Zack Snyder made together like a two or three movie thing with that and then there's this one when they were still in really early stages but they apparently took ideas of that and plopped it into what would have been the later Just League movies but yeah so who knows maybe we could find that one and do a later uh, later like what if script not what if script uh, like a unproduced uh, script 
I'm pretty script, yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Kind of speaking of, like, Justice League, you know what's an interesting was that new Birds of Prey trailer, which it, I love how it's called Birds of Prey, but it's so, like, Harley Quinn, like, in the full front, like, the entire time. It's almost like they barely even, like, like let you know who the other Birds of Prey characters are. It's almost to the point where it's like, you might as well have just called this movie a Harley Quinn movie. I feel that title probably would have sold better to a general audience anyways. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, I, the movie still looks good, but that's exactly how I feel. I, I love the thing about it, though. It's like, it's a, it's a sequel to Suicide Squad. So like, it just sounds so funny when it's like, kind of, because that's pretty much what it is. When you think about it, it's just like the idea, like, here's Suicide Squad, the, the DC movie that recent times people like the least amount. And it's like, oh, we got a sequel coming out. Well, ironically enough, even though a lot of people don't like Suicide Squad, everyone loves Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. So I think they're like, let's just give her a movie. But I think they should have just called it Harley Quinn. And if the Birds of Prey want to pop in for a minute, that's cool. But maybe it is one of those things where it is a Birds of Prey movie. Just the marketing is leaning really hard on to, to, to Harley. So maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's the case because I just almost like in that tra- I had to watch that trailer literally twice to like actually go like, oh, okay, I see who these other characters are because they went by so fast. And they don't. And the downfall is half of them don't even look like who they really are. So it's kind of like, who the hell is that supposed to be? Oh, that's who that is. So it's it's because it's like one of those ones like they're giving them all like very like different looks, but um, it still looks interesting. But I I really do feel like you know if you're gonna go this hardcore like Harley Quinn, you might as well call this movie like either Harley Quinn or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Because it's well, it's also yeah, kind of, kind of yeah, weird Harley I, Quinn being like in charge of the Birds of that that throws me off a bit too. It's just like. Birds of Prey is supposed to be good characters and Batgirl, but whatever. Yeah, that that does seem like a, I don't know. It, it's kind of doing the thing I was a little afraid it was going to do, but it still looks like a good movie. It just looks more like a good Harley Quinn movie rather than a good Birds of Prey movie. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Huntress. That's like perfect casting right there. Yeah, I, um, I think that's awesome. Because I, I, I really like her a lot, and I think she, that's... she. I, even though she's like... She doesn't have, like, the pointed mask. I can still tell that's supposed to be Huntress. I think a lot of the time she's wearing a hood or something. Uh, Black Canary. She's wearing the Black Canary colors. And I know that they uh, change... I know that she's uh, actually black in this rather than being white. But she still looks like she could be Black Canary. You know, I could tell who she was immediately. I mean, I could tell who they were, but they almost, like... It's that thing where they just have such a different look than, like... I guess, like, the characters. You know what I mean? Where, like, you know, Batman and Superman are very, like... You know who they are right off the bat. Where, like, well, you know who Ewan McGregor's supposed to be, right? Who's Ewan McGregor supposed to be in this one? Black Mask. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, if you look, there's a lot of dudes running around in black masks. He's wearing a white suit with the black gloves, but at some point he's probably going to get his face fucked up and throw on a mask, probably at the end, more than likely. Oh, that, that actually makes me more excited than anything else. I'm like, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask? Okay, cool, I'm sold. Even, even, if, I, even if his face is Ewan McGregor for three-fourths of the movie, whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh... Oh, that's kind of neat then. I mean, like, the thing is, it, it, yeah, it still looks interesting. I'm not saying it doesn't. It's just, it's just, it's weird how it kind of, like, is being marketed and kind of the, the it's kind of the styles they chose. It's that thing that, like, I, 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 I don't know if it's, like, well, those ones, like, at the moment, like, where DC, it's, like, are they just trying to play it, like, totally unsafe by going, like... Unsafe su- and safe at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's the weird thing. It's, like, let's not make it look at all really like the comic books. But then we'll kind of give it this very radical, still, like, character looks, and we're still kind of holding on to that old style, no matter... I don't know, it's weird, you know what I mean? Because it's, you know, it's just just a choice that's kind of like, huh, oh, okay. I mean, it it doesn't feel like it steps that far away from Suicide Squad, you know what I mean, almost? 
Yeah, yeah. Now, looking at that trailer, I mean, I don't know. I It's DC, I guess so I'm some, excited, but, you know. I, I guess in some way I'm kind of repeating myself. Like, if a Harley Quinn movie came out, I would see it. But she's one of those characters who's being, like, so thrown in our face all the time. I kind of like to see more of other characters. And to be wrong, not that she doesn't deserve, because she's a character that took a while to get going, but when she got going... People really liked her a lot, so it makes sense they'd want to capitalize on her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also good that, because for a while they're really trying. My problem with Harley Quinn for a while is they're trying really hard to market her is the funny kind of like girl DC Deadpool, but at the same time they started like it was like okay, she like kills a lot of people that aren't that are not like bad guys, and she's fucking the Joker. It's one of those things where. It's hard to totally... It's hard to kind of, like, make her this cute, adorable, mischief... Uh, like, mischievous, like, prankster to serial killer. It's just a big jump. And then... But then, like, you know, they kind of found this good middle ground where she's kind of between those two, and she's more of, like, okay, she and the Joker... Bear, she's more of, like, you know, they broke up, and she's more kind of, like, by now, and she's seeing Poison Ivy and it's more kind of them and they still do kind of crime here and there. So I kind of, what they've been doing with Harley Quinn lately, I think that that's a better character. You know what I mean? Yeah, because for the longest time I was always like, unless it's Paul Denny writing Harley Quinn, I just felt like nobody really kind of got that character very well. Like, because she changed like radically the second it was out of Paul Denny's hands, it seemed like, you know, okay. Because you like you look at her in the '90s, it's like in like the Harley Quinn today, not even close at all to like the same character. It's like that character shifted so much, and she, yeah, I don't she know, had this kind of like hot topic hooker thing going on for a while. Yeah, I think that was kind of it when they kind of gave her like sort of like the hooker vibe. It was kind of like oh, okay, like that's kind of like uh, that, that's definitely not what we got in the '90s. Like you, you're giving me sort of a different character here. Now, granted, I mean like there's nothing wrong with a little bit of change here and there, but like I always thought that that was kind of like that but and it's like it's not that I think what kind of bad but I think it just is like you know as you said like that character did get like so like heavily marketed I guess the same way Dead, Deadpool did too because you know he used to be like the unknown character to being like all of a sudden he's got more books than everybody I remember there's somebody a friend of mine who's a feminist and she was kind of uh she's like okay so it's okay to have a thousand Batman movies but you're gonna get bent out of shape if Harley Quinn gets a movie. And I was like, no, 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 it's not that. It's, I'm fine with a Harley Quinn movie, I just don't want Harley Quinn to be the leader of the Birds of Prey, because Birds of Prey, I, I like the Birds of Prey more, because you got Black Canary, you got Huntress, and you got Batgirl, depending on what variation, you also got Katana, and it's got sometimes Catwoman, it's a rotating roster, you know? So, it's one of those things, like, no, that's even, like, I think... I think that's a more interesting team than Harley Quinn for me personally. So I still want to see her overtake this thing that I, I mean, I'm not, I'd be lying if I said I knew a whole lot about Birds of Prey, but yeah. what I do know, I like them more. So it, it's kind of like a, just a female Gotham, it's an all ladies, like, fe- I can't talk right now. Justice League, pretty an much. An all ladies Gotham, an all ladies Gotham based team. And that's cool. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, the only thing that's just kind of weird about having Harley Quinn in that. So, like, that's like having Joker being in charge of the Justice League. You know what I mean? It's like... I guess they're trying to pull away from that, though. They're trying to pull away from her being, like... She's more of, like... She's now... They're trying to make her more of, like, Joker's ex than Joker's lady. 
yeah. by this point. Well, it's like they're trying to make her the anti-hero is what they're really going for. They're trying to make her like a Lobo mm-hmm. or something like that. And I mean, like, I, I get what they're doing, but it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, see, like, I feel like, okay, Catwoman's like an anti-hero because she's not really bad, but doesn't mean she won't do bad things if need be. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, she still is kind of like a good person at heart. Just sometimes she'll might take the easy way out or something like that. You know, or like mm-hmm. Poison Ivy. Like, I always like Poison Ivy. Like, she's, she, I mean, she kills people and so on like that. But technically what she's doing is actually, like, the most moral thing out of any character. She's trying to protect the Earth. But beyond that, like, I feel like Harley Quinn, like, no, that's just a psychopath. Like, that's literally a serial killer, you know, that you're trying to make into... I, I don't know. It's just weird to try to take a character like that who's, like, clearly has no, like, redeemable qualities to making it, like, okay, that's, now it's an anti-hero. Like, like I'd rather just say, have you just sell her as a serial killer and just be like, no, that's what she is. Why not? Well, there was a period where Deadpool was a villain, and he was... Then they were kind of tiptoeing towards, like, okay, likable villain, and then eventually he became an anti-hero. Now he's basically a hero that none of the other heroes like. So, you know, we kind of see the progression. There, There's some, like, horrible, irredeemable things Deadpool did early in the romp, but they almost just kind of retconned it, pretend like it never happened yeah. as time went on. So, like, things that Deadpool in his current run in the movies would never do back when he first got created. So, um, like, at one point, he actually made... What's her name? There, there's that blind lady who's... Uh, who's kind of his um, M, sort of, not M, but, like, there's a blind lady he lives with, mm-hmm. forgot her name, Al. He basically was kidnapping her and leaving her in her room with a bunch of explosives, so if she moved, that she would die, so she had to help him. That was in earlier, earlier versions of the comics. So then eventually she, he slowly just became better and better and better, and that's what they're doing with Harley Quinn, so I get that. It was just there's that between period where... It, they're tr- they're bouncing between the two, and they weren't sure which one to lean more into. And now I think they found their balance for the character. I just don't need to. S- I just rather see your character in her own movie than overtake someone else's movie. But you know, I've, I'm repeating myself by this point. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, I, I see that progression with the Deadpool thing. The only thing I'll say about the Deadpool thing is the thing is, is nobody knew about Deadpool till like recently, where everybody sort of knew about Harley Quinn since pretty much because of the animated TV show, just right off the bat. So mm-hmm. I felt like her motives kind of, like, were already, like, really engraved for, like, 15 years. Where Deadpool, by the time he got famous, you could almost block that old stuff out because nobody really, for the most part, nobody really read it. It wasn't Kind of like, have a point where Batman used to kill, but no one really yeah, remembers that? Yeah, there's that point where Batman ran off a gun. But that kind of makes sense. That was, like, old detective Batman who just, he's like, oh, Alfred gave me a gun. Shit, I just thought I'd see what happened. I thought it was one of those ones that was going to like be like a pop gun like my dad gave me before he died, but no, this one is real. That, that motherfucker died, and then I was kind of like, well, this is kind of fun, and then after about 30 people down, you know, you're kind of like, shit, what, 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 what am I doing with my life? I gotta learn to punch more, okay. shoot less. Because w- w- what if one day I got myself a ward? I mean, I can't be having like a gun in my hand and telling them to go shoot people. That'd be irresponsible as a ward parent. <laughs> I just imagine just Alfred giving the gun like happy Friday night Master Wayne just like a silver platter takes like takes the lid off it's just a gun on a white pillow like oh awesome he just run around like he's got like a nerf gun in his hand or something not realizing it's fucking real not distinguishing between crimes like between a guy mugging and like a hobo pissing on the side of a building <laughs> oh look I just put that hobo down this is so awesome crime 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 bang bang Look, I gotta do it blindfolded next. 
<laughs> so. Just gonna follow my nose to the crime. That smells like crime, bang. Oh, what do you know? Hey, wait, where's the cork at? I tried to put it back in and, oh, I thought it fell out. Oh, well, that's okay. I guess I can find a new one. Eh, eh, what's he doing in the alley at 3 o'clock in the morning anyway? I'll just sprinkle some crack on him. We'll call it good. Yeah, doesn't he have a nice house to go back to and, you know, pick one of, like, 15 bedrooms to sleep in that night? No? <laughs> well, fucking loser. She's not a real person. Yeah, that's what my dad always said. If you don't have 15 bedrooms to choose from to sleep in at the end of the night, you're not a real person. That was a Thomas Wayne philosophy. Uh, the way how he acts in uh, Joker, I can I can believe that. <laughs> Well, that's kind of funny just kind of going into Joker because that's like that's a perfect example of like that's such an interesting way to kind of go about a movie. It's like I almost just give him credit for just choosing this style because it's just like I don't know. It's weird because the movie was like when I went there, it was like an opening night. It was like it was actually kind of jam packed. And I just kind of wonder what that one would be like. I mean, I know it's the Joker, it's tied to Batman, but at the same time, it's like even when you watch that trailer, you're like, shit, that looks artsy as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder how many people are actually going to like that. When you saw it, was there a bunch of people there? There's tons of people there. It looked like I was fucking at just, like, the next, like, fucking Batman v Superman movie or something like that. It was like, what the fuck? Like, it threw me off, kind of. Sorry, it... audio went out again, so I wasn't sure if you said that or not. But, um, yeah, I, the, we had Harley Strictly going over here in the city. I live right by the park. Now, for those who don't know, Harley Strictly is a three-day free music festival. And sometimes they get, it's like a lot of people you don't know, and then, like, a lot of bigger bands. Like, Robert Plant was playing here for free and uh -huh. i unfortunately couldn't make it to that one i would have probably had to stay there all day to get a good spot and you have to sit through god knows how many bands to get to do that but anyway so that's the um, downfall of the free is you can't buy your way to the front yeah no last year i went to see deer tick i just kind of got there super early and just sat through all like uncle salty's banjo band for like you know all the whatever. shit bands to get to the one you wanted to see yeah, you know, they weren't all bad, but there's a lot like, oh, okay, you guys got a washboard and a banjo. Right on, cool. But um, I remember see, I can't complain. I saw one of my favorite bands for free last year. But, it can't beat that uh, now. That, yeah, but, but, but sorry, I'm getting off point here. So that was going on, and the movie theater was still packed. And it's a little small movie theater that usually, even like on a big movie, like, okay, it's about halfway full. No, this was still, that thing was going on free music in the park, people in a bunch of bars on a Friday night, and this theater was still jam-packed. You're like, fucking and Joker's coming out. Exactly. And it's one of those things, like, going to see this movie, I wasn't going in with any expectations. I wasn't going there expecting the best thing in the world, nor was I expecting anything bad, nor was I expecting anything accurate to the comic. And I'm going to say it kind of walks this middle ground between its own thing and the comic, because there's actually little dabs of stuff from the comics like well you actually had to read a comic to get that but then there's a lot of big stuff you're like oh you changed that but i get it it's how many times have we seen the joker you can be artistic with him by this point well that's what i felt like i mean i kind of went in this movie like i knew it was kind of gonna be its own thing and just let's just see what happens and go from there and um it's because it, it's interesting because it does just do this thing where it's like it's literally like you think about like superhero movies. It's like it's like the least superhero movie probably ever made so far. You know, what I mean, it goes the exact opposite route. Like it's made for the person who hates superhero movies and goes like, "I only watch independent and artsy type movies where people cry and sad things happen." I'm like, "Well, shit, here's a fucking superhero movie for you." They don't make superhero movies for me. Well, they just did. Go fucking see it. This is exactly what you want. You want somebody's life who's just going like fucking to hell in a handbasket. And uh, let's just see what happens. This is it. 
especially because it, it's a movie where there are so many moments where it's just him by himself and his thoughts. And that's actually most of the movie. But a lot of these moments where it's him, like, like spoilers ahead for Joker, going to get a lot of spoilers. When he first kills his first three people, and then he goes into a public restroom, and he looks in the mirror, his makeup's all fucked up, and he has a little bit of blood on him, and he starts doing this slow, creepy waltz thing. It's like one of those things where it sounds pretentious when I say that out loud, but the way it pulls it off, it's like, no, no, this is fitting. He's a psycho. I see why he's, I don't see why he did it, why he's doing it, but I'm not surprised he's doing it. Well, well he, and, he, was, he was getting bullied, so I mean, I get why he shot him. And then it just... Well, no, there's the there's the first two guys, and then there's the guy who's just blatantly running, and I guess the whole thing is you could, you could say, all right, well, he didn't want to witness... But there's still the thing of, like, was it a witness or was it revenge by that point? So. Which when The third guy? The third guy. Because the third guy gets shot in the leg and he's limping out. And then he's chasing him down and just unloads on the guy when he's begging for his life. So, by that point, I guess you can say, all right, well, not saying, you know, still the moral question. But, like, he just unloaded on the guy. I mean, you could say he didn't want any witnesses and didn't want to get in trouble. Well, that guy was also the biggest bully of them all, though, too. He was an asshole. Yeah, yeah, no. You know what I mean? You're not made to have sympathy for any of those guys, those first three guys he kills. Yeah. So, it's like, well, because that's almost the interesting thing about that, this movie, is it has this very, like, almost like an underdog, like, Rocky story, but for the Joker. So, I I mean, I, I think that's what, why maybe some people are having some fear of this movie being played in certain, like, towns and so on it's kind of funny how that is because it's funny to get into because they they they, they said that you're not supposed to wear a mask or any of these things like that and then i went in with like my fucking like cancer mask or sars mask or whatever and they're just like oh well everybody knew who i was i guess didn't really fucking make a difference but (laughs) but like it just seems funny because like i got a mask on should have painted it up just to be even scarier well, then you get like, hey, this guy with cancer, they didn't let him in to see the movie. You know, like, well, the, the- that's like the best one. It's like, I feel if anybody said something, be like, hey, I got cancer. Be like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. Because that's like the first thing. If you tell anybody you got fucking cancer, it's almost like, you, if I went to Disneyland and said I had cancer, they'd probably like let me in for free. <laughs> be like, this, this 15-year-old boy has cancer. Well, I, I guess I look 15 now, but... I, this is how I look without all the facial hair. So, all right, yeah, cool. Front sure, of your yeah. eye. Let's go. To, let's go to Galaxy's Edge. All right. <laughs> get him to the front. Get this. You should cancer. capitalize on this while you still. I know. I, you know we should like... capitalize this before you actually get all your hair back. Exactly. I think it could, could work out this way. But um, so uh, no, but I don't want to go. I don't want to lead into a conversation about people being too soft and everything being too padded and too PC because we've had that conversation on the podcast a couple of times but mm-hmm. I to some extent I, I, I'm trying to figure out because people you got critics saying this movie it's like it is irresponsible it is violent it is gonna inspire an incel to do horrible things and then you see this movie and like it's not a bad movie it's a good movie but at the same time you're like the most original thing, most daring thing about this movie is it took a character who's in Saturday morning cartoons and put him into an R-rated movie. That yeah, is the, the most ballsiest. <laughs> that is the most ballsiest thing this movie did. Because everything else, it's literally Taxi Driver and other Martin Scorsese movies. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing and it still has its own signature, but it's not hiding at all that this is an homage, like one of the longest homages ever, to um, to Taxi Driver and other Scorsese pictures. So, 
even King of Comedy. So mm-hmm. out of that, people come in and say, this movie's irresponsible. And critics saying, this movie's irresponsible, this and that. And like, have you never seen another movie before? <laughs> there are movies that came out this year so much more violent and so much more, like, I'm, I'm not going to say more, I, don't, I, haven't, I have to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of movies this year. But there are movies I've definitely seen way more violent than this. And there are movies that I can think of in the recent years that are more fucked up than this. And you're going to say, this thing, it's dangerous, it's a danger to society? I'm wondering if that's, some people, if they're that soft and they just know that little about films, or if there's just that sensationalism of, this is going to get me quoted in a couple of places, and that's going to bring up my rep or whatever. I think it's a little of both. And, I mean, like, I know the main reason why it gets that, like, flack is just for the fact that, once again... A kid can go buy a lunch pail that's got Batman and the Joker on it and walk into, like, kindergarten with it. I, I, I know that that's the only reason why it gets flagged. Because here's the thing. If this was an original story, you know what I mean? And it was called The Comedian. Let's just say it was that, that was what it was instead. The exact same movie, but that's what, we just changed the names of, like, significant characters. That's it. That You know what I mean? It, it, it no, would never have been noticed. Would have probably not had anybody at the theater you know what I mean? Would have been one of those weird movies that got passed around. That's all it would have been. You know? Now, seeing it's Joker, I was probably a little bit more endeared to it. But let's be 100% honest here. And I still liked it. But if it wasn't the Joker and didn't have this light, very light coat of Batman over it, do you? Th- and it was just about a comedian losing his shit. Do you think this movie would still be getting as much, like... Oh my god, that's that's very original. What an interesting take on or do you think it would be like, dude, this is just taxi driver? Yeah, I, I think you know, I'm not saying people would have not liked it, but I, it would have been just one of the, it just would have been another movie. You know what I mean? We we all yeah. run across those kind of movies where it's like, oh, that's kind of similar to like something else I've seen before, you know. And uh, and I just don't think it, yeah, it, you know, it probably would here's the thing, wouldn't play at major theaters. You know what I mean? It's literally this movie's riding 100% on DCU Joker. Like and but at the same time, it's kind of interesting that it does just take, like, a very, like, light, light kind of, like, superhero-ness to it. I mean, like, it does Joker in a kind of a weird way. Like, they, they almost make him, like, this is the way I kind of look at it. it make, they make him pretty much retarded. That's sort of how Joker is in this movie. He's not, like, which I've never always, I never have thought of Joker being, like, retarded. I always kind of thought of him just being, like, well, he's a lunatic, of course, but, like, he's still super intelligent and so on. Where this is one of those ones where it's, like... No, this is just that goofy kid who sits at the back of the class. Who maybe he's like borderline retarded, like he's not actually in special ed. But you know those kids—they've always been there at everybody's school. Where you're like, they probably should have been in some type of special ed, but maybe it's just like government, you know, funding or someone's like, no, no, fuck it, throw him at the regular kids. He's good. He's good enough to go. Like that's kind of like how he is in this movie because he just makes these decisions and so on, and just doesn't have like those social cues and all that stuff. That he's just like he's kind of off, and I'm like. Weirdly, like, I always think of the Joker as being actually, he was, I kind of think of, once again, you always think of kind of like the killing joke, where, like, he sort of was a normal guy, and he was trying to be a comedian, he wasn't really the greatest out there, you know, he wasn't fucking George Carlin or something like that, you know, but he was, you know, trying, and, you know, he had the, sort of the family, and he was more just a regular, like, almost blue-collar working clown, I guess is the best way to say it, a blue-collar clown, you know, one of those ones, a family man clown, <laughs> And then, I don't think clowns have really had a whole lot of work since the Great Depression. Yeah, and I think that was the thing. He was just a man out of his... He, he was in the wrong time. You know what I mean? He was trying to do this in the fucking 80s, just wasn't working out. You know, I mean, it worked for him in the 40s, and it was all fun and games, but next thing you know, once it got to this 80s storyline, it just... 
it was kind of gone. And I almost thought that, that that was almost what they were going to sort of go with, and they really don't use that storyline other than the fact that, like, maybe the failed comedian part. Beyond that, though, it's totally its own thing. But they do just kind of give him sort of, like, this kind of... Like, you're, you almost feel like you're watching, like, a like almost like something that would go in the same category as Forrest Gump, but, like, not, like, do, do good. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Just It's kind of, like, off like that. And it's just like, well, what if Forrest Gump was just really fucking poor and lived in the shittiest part of Gotham and had to take care of his mother that he learns later on that's not his real mother? And, you know what I mean? Like, all these things like this. And it's, and it's just the, the choices he makes. He just makes these weird fucking choices. Which, I mean, I'll even say this. In Taxi Driver, you could almost say that Robert De Niro's character is maybe not as retarded as the Joker, but, like, partially retarded. Because he makes those weird choices in there that no normal person would ever make. Like, no normal person would take a lady on the first date to, like, a porno flick. That would, that would never cross a normal person's mind at all. You know what I mean? Like, what? I thought you'd like this. I thought you'd like this. And then he's, he sees her work. Like, we haven't answered my calls. Like, I'm sorry. We just can't see each other. She's like, you know what? Bad things happen to bad people. He's yelling at all these people. And then there's the guy he's thinking about killing. For some reason, he just sees a politician. Like, maybe he'll kill that guy. And like, oh, opportunity to rise. Maybe not. Then like, you know what? Maybe he'll kill a pimp instead. Oh, it all panned out. <laughs> yeah, it all worked out. Because that movie's like a superhero movie at the end of the day once that thing ends. But um, it's like, you almost kind of like, when you kind of watch that movie over and over, you're like, you know what? Maybe Nero's character's supposed to be partially off. You know, somehow, some way. Well, it's also meant to be just a guy who, it's, because, you know, he was come back from Nam and he was off. He had a little bit of PTSD. He just felt like an outsider, and he's clearly someone on the spectrum and that's what this is supposed to be, but it's more of a guy who just was literally kicked down his whole life. And I, I think it's meant to be this thing of you're not really supposed to root for him, but you're supposed to sympathize with him. And instead of root for him, you're supposed to more fear him as it goes on. Because even though you feel a little bad for him, there are parts where there's the part when his boss is ripping into him, like, I like you, Arthur, but this and that, and he starts ripping into him, and then... He had he stand there with the stupid, creepy looking grin. Camera has a slow zoom on him. The boss starts to sound more muted, and it has this overwhelming, like I don't remember if it was violin or just that noise. Mm-hmm. And then it has this abrupt cut to him, like in an alley, just stomping, like a distant shot of him stomping on a bag of trash or something. So it's like, okay, this isn't a good sign. I mean, I know what we, we all know what we came here to see, but unless there's the one person like, hey, it's, my kid likes Batman, think he liked this movie? Yeah, maybe Joker's gonna change around this time. You know, maybe him and Harley Quinn will be the next fucking like Justice League. You know, main characters. Well, there's even the way he looks by the end of the movie when like the last act is the best part of the movie, to me at least. I I, I agree um, because that it it ends really strong in this film. And uh, don't take it as me. Like I know I'm giving all this criticism. I like the movie. I like enough to own it. I'm just really being trying to be honest about how much of this movie pulls from other movies primarily scorsese pictures and how obvious it is with it at the same time i don't know if it would be getting all this recognition if it wasn't batman related at this but all that being said when it gets closer to the end and shit goes down and there's riots everywhere in the city and got all these people because you know he essentially starts this movement by killing these three guys because you know he's this guy who just life's kicking him down his whole life and then his, his one guy at work who's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a weird relationship. The guy is clearly, he, in some ways he looks out for him, in some ways he fucks with them. So I think that guy's meant to be sort of on the spectrum too. And he gives them like a 38 they're, they're, they're special. They're all clowns in the 80s, I guess you could say that there's something. 
Clearly, they did not make the best choices in life. If you're a clown in the 80s. So, you know, you think after, you know, it had to be hard being a clown in the first place. But after John Wayne Gacy, why even try? Um, <laughs> did I, is it John Wayne Gacy? Or is yeah. my mixing names up? Yeah, that, that's the clown guy. I wasn't sure if it was John Gacy or John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe oh, it's I, not John uh, Wayne. I think it's just... God, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's at that late period. Don't ask me to think beyond Gacy. Okay. Well, anyway, now i got to look this up. But the whole thing with that is um, I think everybody there is meant to be... Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. Okay. Okay, I was like, am I mixing John Wayne and a serial killer together? No, his name literally is John Wayne Gacy. Okay, anyway. Just John Wayne doing so, the fusion dance of a clown? <laughs> yeah. I call that was a bad combo. Didn't pan out like we hoped for. <laughs> no, we thought this was going to be one of those romantic comedy type things that just shit. <laughs> Didn't realize the clown was a serial killer. Well, John Wayne, it was already it was already really tough talking John Wayne and dancing with another man. It's just not his era. Hey, well, we, we just didn't say that he's going to be wearing clown makeup. I thought it was best just to kind of, by the way, pull that off at the last second. Oh, yeah, by the he's going to be he's gonna be wearing clown makeup. Just saying, John. And action. Surprise. Go. Uh, but, so, um, I think they're all supposed to be a little off in some way. But there's that guy who kind of fucks with him a little bit. And then kind of looks out for him in other ways. And then um, when he's given that gun, and then, you know, just one thing half bad happens after another. You know, just day like awkward daily things. And then eventually he snaps and kills these three guys that start to beat him up on the subway. And then uh, he basically inspires this movement. And when that movement's happening, they see him kill Robert De Niro on television. And so they all recognize him from there. And by that point, his makeup's all fucked up, and he's been in a crash. Even though it's more Heath Ledger-ish, it's like, oh, okay. His um, his makeup looks a little bit more of kind of like wh- how you expect the Joker to be. I mean, I know there's still a little bit of red in the nose, but the blue in his eyes was smeared, so it looked kind of like a little Heath Ledger-ish, kind of like the black eyeshadow. Uh-huh. And the uh, red red was more around his face, and the what the red on the tip of his nose was a little bit more like fused in. So by then, like, oh, okay, he's the Joker now. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it kind of goes like that. I mean, I guess for me, like, when I was watching the movie, I, I kind of assumed it was going to go more Joker earlier on, because the thing is, is, like, you're really watching, like, proto-Joker for, like, three-fourths of the movie, and then it kind of becomes sort of more Jokerish towards the end, you know? I mean, like, maybe I guess I should have expected that more from the trailer. I guess maybe there was that point where you're like, you know, maybe it's going to be more Joker, and he's going to start doing start doing Jokery, like, gangster crime stuff you know, right off the bat. It's like, that doesn't really happen this one. It's more just like, he's solving weird mysteries himself of like, you know, beyond he can't get his job. And then his son's mom's like, you know, Thomas Wayne's going to save the city. That's why I keep writing him. And you're like, mom, stop fucking writing Thomas Wayne. You worked out like 30 fucking years ago. It's like, well, honey, it's going to be okay. Cause Thomas Wayne is going to save everything. He's going to put on his bat suit and take out his two fucking guns and shoot everybody. I believe me, I saw it. I worked there for 30 fucking years. 30 years ago. I know there's a lot of 30s in there, but fuck you. I'm dying, so I'm take care of me. I need another bath. <laughs> and it's just like, well... Do it like, again. And then, then like, then one time he, like, opens up the letter. He's like, he's like, what the fuck? He's like, he sees it like, you know, your boy is living in poverty. Just wanted to let you know, Tommy. And if you just want to come see what it's like to be living here. He's like, Mom, why'd you tell me that Thomas Wayne was my dad? At first I was like, oh shit, they're going to go fucking ballsy of this movie and try to make like a Batman, like fucking Joker, like 
like brotherly like fucking love type thing. And then step brothers with Batman and the Joker. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Like. <laughs> this totally just flipped genre. It's like, well, you already see a Todd Phillips movie, so let's make it more kind of like a Will Ferrell style comedy. Yeah, so it's like at first I was like, I'm like, it's almost it's like that's so weird that it's kind of like, I mean, like you you wouldn't have anything like that in the comics, but I feel like, oh, if that's a what if story, go for it. Let's just see what happens. And I mean, I like how they kind of do turn it around because at first it's almost making it out that like Thomas Wayne's like a shitty person and so on like that. And you kind of it's almost that weird thing where you know the Joker's your good guy of this movie, and you know the Bat family for some reason is you know who you're always supposed to love and cherish is now looked upon as like not that great because even like. When, like, Joker shows up and he's at, like, fucking Wayne. I, like, this, this I couldn't figure out. Who, at Wayne Manor, why would they put the fucking playground on the farthest end of the compound? Like, literally right next to the gate where anybody could, like, walk on by and, like, stare at Bruce as he's swinging on his swing set. Like, well, Bruce even looks kind of like, even, his parents ain't even dead yet. And he's still like, why do I even play on this swing set? It looks so boring. What is life? Well, it has I that thing like, like, like almost like my, my, my father says that I'm too sm- loud for having the swing set next to the house. So he said, put it as far away as possible so I can't hear you. <laughs> if I hear any Alfred, chain fetch rattling. Me my, Alfred, fetch me my Smith's album on cassette. <laughs> yeah, and then it even has that too where like, you know, like, you know, Joker's really just kind of being nice. He's being creepy, but he's being, like, nice, you know? Once again, like, kind of, like, retarded creepy. Like, he just doesn't get it. Like, that he's actually being a total creepster. But he's just, are. Yeah, he's, but, but you know, in his mind, he's really just being a nice guy. And technically, he's not doing anything wrong. And then when Alfred comes by, he's like, get the fuck out of here. Dear daughter, son. A bastard in a basket. That's all you'll ever be. <laughs> well, there's even that part when... He goes up to Bruce Wayne, and it's kind of funny to me, and I'm not trying to sound, like, all judgmental, but I remember when I saw that movie... Tell me this happened in your theater. It's a movie we know is connected to Batman. There, we talked about Thomas Wayne a lot, and then there's suddenly a mansion and a boy by himself, and then he says, what's your name? And the kid says, Bruce. Bruce! And then, I mean, not the whole theater, but like four or five people. Like, whoa, what? Like, I, I don't want to sound like a condescending dick, but are you really that surprised? Well, here, this, this is the weirdest thing about it. It's like, you, you, I, I assume that everybody in here is here because they, they, they want to see another Batman movie, in a sense. You know what I mean? That, does that really throw you off that he would actually appear in it at some point? That's like and some, just everything leading up to it. Like they said, they said it's Gotham. Like maybe the, maybe people went in not realizing what it was at first, but a few, but you know, like oh, it's a movie called Joker. It looks kind of like that one Joker guy, but kind of different. We'll see. Oh, they said Gotham. Oh, they said Wayne. Uh, must be okay. Must be the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I could see like like that one person who just stumbled into like a movie. Like you know what I mean? Like they just like ah, fuck it, let's go. Joker, sure, whatever. I got some, I got nothing to do on a Thursday night. You know, um, I can see that one person maybe, but like, it's weird to have like multiple people in the audience doing that. That happened at your theater? Uh, I didn't hear anything. Cause like, what happened having... with four people around me? I was like, are, are you motherfuckers serious? I didn't, I didn't say that, but I almost wanted to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure somebody did, but I just didn't hear it, but I bet you somebody did. But, but like, yeah, I just even like that part where it's just like Alfred just like fucking like, of course, Joker tried to strangle Alfred. Just wait for Alfred to pull a shotgun out <laughs> and just blast kind of him. Right there. Yeah. He's just like, oh, you must... <laughs> He's like, you 
don't come by here. You'll be acting rather foolish. Like, oh, that's crazy. Don't call me crazy! You know, just sort of snap, like, snaps at him. And like, I'll say this. Thomas Wayne, even though he punches Joker in the face, he is very calm and reserved. Like, oh, this is the guy who stuck his fingers in my son's mouth. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's, he's just like, oh, you see my son again, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking murder you right here on the spot. Like, why you get a British accent? I don't know. I get my inner Alfred comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, his old MI6 days. I know yeah. he wasn't showing it right there, but, yeah, trust me. He can fuck some shit up. But believe me, you know, I, I know that, like, he wakes up in the middle of the night and fires a gun off, but that's the perfect guy to raise my son. <laughs> He's going to come in handy when I most need it. I just don't want, I just don't want him coming to the movies with me. Yeah, exactly. That was the one day. I gave him one fucking day off. <laughs> Today we go to see Zorro the Gay Blade. Yeah. Which I will say was kind of like, I like how they did make it Zorro the Gayblade finally again, because like, for the longest time it's been changed to like Mask of Zorro and Mark of Zorro and so on like that, but like, that's the original one, it's supposed to be as like Zorro and the Gayblade, but I think after a while they're like, well, we can't have gay in there. Be fucking gay if it says up there. People don't understand what that word means anymore. Well, that's, here's the thing about the movie is because people talk about, like, some comic book fans talk about, like, I, I notice most people are pretty accepting that it's an Elseworlds thing and it's going to be different and it's not going to follow the comics too closely. But there's enough things in this movie to show, oh, they paid attention while reading the comics. I mean, okay, you could already have some of the killing joke with the failed comedian thing. Mm -hmm. And then the idea of him not being a, uh, a him being like a failed uh, comedian, and that whole thing about like, well, I prefer my origin be multiple choice, like that line he said in Killing Joke. Mm -hmm. And then there's the part, there's a whole Dark Knight, a scene that's basically ripped right out of Dark Knight Returns, to a smaller scale, mm -hmm. when he goes on the Robert uh, De Niro show. Which is like the Johnny Carson the, type show. Yeah, and kills the host. And before he goes out there, there's that one, like, doctor. He flat out kisses right on the face, which totally happens in Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. And she kind of has a similar reaction, minus the t Joker gas. And then there's also the uh, um, Thomas Wayne. Not everything gets it across, but a handful of things got across that he loves old school movies he loves like charlie chaplin he loves errol flynn he likes zorro movies so it, they got that because they go see a charlie chaplin movie at some point plus then, this is the most amount of screen time that thomas wayne has ever gotten <laughs> like that's yeah. what, that's what i thought like shit he's never in there for longer than to get fucking killed off or to be in a flashback he had like a minute in batman begins but compared to yeah this still is probably other than Batman Begins, this is probably... He gets, like, well, actually, no, multiple scenes. Yeah. This is more than Batman Begins, because I guess in this one, Batman Begins, he's just this, like, perfect, rich dad. In this, he's more of a Perfect, kid. rich dad. So, Thomas Wayne. He does everything right, because he's a doctor. And well, you... no, the, yeah, because I got the point across, he's a doctor in Batman Begins, and he's just like, I'm sorry that my... That my uh, it's like the maid's like, I'm sorry that my stupid fucking daughter pushed your son down a whale. Like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Where this time I was saying, like, get your shit and get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah get but, the fuck out. You're fucking fired. Where's your kid? I'm going to push her down a fucking well. Rachel, get over here! <laughs> Reese rolled up his fucking sleeves. I got my push hands on. He's like, like, she's like, sir, you can't do that to my child. Like, watch me. Whoever finds the girl gets a $2,000 bonus! <laughs> Like, God, that is a ballsy way to open Batman Begins. It's like a horror movie. All these servants looking around for this little girl to throw her down a whale. <laughs> when you're rich, the only thing that appeases you are the tears of a child. Yeah. 
Believe me, it's the only thing you look forward to. Except for not the tears of your own child. That's just fucking annoying. That's why I put his play place fucking at the edge of our property where any stranger could maybe take him away through that easy to grab. <laughs> just, if he gets a scraped knee, I won't hear it. No, shit. I, I don't want to hear it either. It's the last thing I want to hear. I just want some fucking peace and quiet. I gave the kid a flare gun to take outside with him if shit goes bad. Alfred always waits by the window watching for that flare gun. <laughs> I told him he's have to run. He could maybe walk, like a, a brisk full walk, maybe. Yeah, it's not that important. Shit, we got the Humphrey Bogart marathon coming on TMC to return to classic movies today. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get it all in before my free trial goes away. Yeah, I can afford it, but fuck him. But, but fuck him, I ain't paying for that shit. They, they, they want to get you. It's that stupid thing that, you know, they put all the good channels you really want on the premium package, but you don't want anything in the goddamn center. Yeah, I can afford them, but Fuck it. I'm not going to play by their games. Yeah. Thomas only plays by his games. Tommy's games. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's the thing that's got to need about those movies. You just get to see a lot more Thomas Wayne. Like, that was probably to me was like the, the exciting part. It's just a lot of the Thomas Wayne stuff. It was just like, oh, I just never expected I'd see this in a movie. And I even think just having the fact that, like, they get, the day that they go to the movies, I mean, it almost sounds like that seems so tied together, but it's like, oh, it's the day that Joker has his big moment on TV that creates this humongous riot in Gotham. Like, it kind of, like, goes, like, you know, that kind of works in a weird way. Like, I thought, like, you know, that, that seems, like, almost too on the nose. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, that's kind of, an, uh, that's interesting. I mean, it's kind of weird that, like, the Joker, because, like, I kind of wonder what the Joker's age is supposed to be in this movie. When I just think of what's his name's fucking, like, actual age, I go, is he really supposed to be, like, fucking, like, almost 50 years old? Like, Mom, I'm here. But he, I think he's supposed to be more, like, 25 or something like that. It's just we have an old actor playing him. I think it's more, yeah, he's like in his 30s, I think he's what he's meant to be, but at the same time, it's not It's not meant to be a close representation of the comic, and like we said earlier, there's so many versions of these characters by this point, it's okay to by this point get artsy with them. Um, I think the whole part where, uh, how they actually show the Wayne murder again, because I'm like, you know, I could probably go a whole movie and never seen the Wayne murders ever again, but this one actually built up to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, I feel like, like oh, this fucking Thomas Wayne, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? He fired my cousin Johnny. Yeah, it was like, well, it's like the whole Thomas Wayne arc right there. I think that all it made that it made logical sense of why we got there. It doesn't feel like this thing they just tacked on at the end. It feels like, oh, it makes sense of how we led up to this point. So, you know, um, yeah, I just think that uh, the whole thing with. Uh, how they kill the Waynes, I wasn't really surprised when that happened. When I second, I, I'm like, I think they're going to do it. I can't say for certain, but I think they're going to do it. And the second I saw the movie theater and saw it was Zorro the Gay Blade, I'm like, oh, yep, yep, it's happening, it's happening. I mean, you didn't probably even have to show the killing. They could probably just saw, could have saw the Waynes run down, like, the alley and the one guy follow them. But, I mean, I guess for the, you know, five people in the world who've never seen Batman, we got to show it again. Yeah, well, for those five, for those people in the theater that went, oh my god, that's Bruce? That's Bruce Wayne? Like, Batman Bruce Wayne? Those people were probably shocked when they saw that scene, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Maybe, yeah, like... No, the, no the, I think they were. There was, like, a few, like, oh, what? It was like, Thomas Wayne! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, whoa, that guy's just like... Oh, shit, you're from Turner Classic, aren't you? Bam! <laughs> He's like, oh, no, it's because it's I, I let that subscription carry on without actually paying for it. I fucking knew it! You're from the cable company. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those black boxes. 
Yeah, I know I can afford it. I get it. I get it. Everybody tells me that, but I ain't going to pay for it. There's just, I, I, I don't, I grew up in a time period where you didn't pay for TV. So the second that they started charging for it, I said, no way. This doctor ain't paying. <laughs> he just says, you know what? Fuck you. I stand by it. You can kill me. You can kill my wife. You can kill, kill my, my son. son. Thomas, Thomas, shut the fuck up, Dorman. <laughs> Damn it. They can kill the son. Yeah, I, I, I love him in a fatherly way, I guess. I, shit, I don't know. But at the same time, just saying, it'd be easier if he wasn't here. <laughs> don't. Come on, don't give me that fucking look. Even with the 45 different servants we have, this kid's a fucking pain in the ass. He steals a handful, and he costs more money. Like, believe me, I, that cable box, I only paid once for that. This kid, I gotta buy something every day. It's gotta eat. It's gotta sleep, but barely fucking does that. Just like to fucking, fucking eat make noise. Around. Yeah. He's always fucking shit. need to go somewhere in the world to learn something. Shit, can't you Martha just... Martha like, White... That's why I moved to Gotham, is because it had everything. And, of course, he doesn't see that. <laughs> why do you think we keep him at the far end of the dinner table? That long-ass table. And like, we sit next to each other and keep him at the far end where he drapes his soup. But he still just sur- slips his soup so fucking loudly. God still can it. fucking hear it. If it wasn't such a long walk over there, I would give him a piece of my mind. But you know how it is. I, I every so often make Alfred go there and slap it out of his hand. But then, then he, he starts crying. And then it's worse, and then I wonder if I made a mistake, and then I go, no, I stand by it. <laughs> so that's what a man does. And this guy's like, Fuck this you. clown just stand there like, uh... <laughs> like, should I still shoot him? He's like, yeah, that's eighty nine ninety five for the last 12 months. I ain't fucking paying it. Bam, bam. Uh, I'll let the kid That's go. That's not enough. We're going to take these pearls, too, to cover the cost. Yeah. Shit, if my boss doesn't get... If I don't come back with a chick, that's my job's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the whole thing about the pearls. It's just like he needed to cover the cost because of that cable bill. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it's ever been. Just, just his... Bruce Wayne's real beauty beef is with Turner, Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> Because his dad had to have the premium package, but wasn't planning on paying for it. But uh, but no, like the Joker movie overall, like the, the thing is, it's like it's one of those movies where there's very like there's very few action moments in it. But whenever there is action, it, it is really cool. I mean, it's got that old fashioned kind of almost seventy slow burn. I mean, that's once again, that's totally what it's going for. But um, like I mean, there's even like some great scenes in it too. Like where like the one friend who's not really a friend who gives him a gun, but who really kind of like more likes fucking with him and like would throw him under the bus in two seconds. And then like there's like the poor little midget guy too, who's like the nice guy. And I love when he invites him over. Like, oh man, we heard your mother died, and so I'm like, here we, we thought you should not be alone and hang out. Here we brought some like you know wine or something over. And then like the Joker's just like, no, you're fucking great. I'm glad that she's dead, you know what I mean? I feel amazing. Yeah, yeah shit. I, I went down to the to fucking Arkham, to, you know, today and learned that she's just a fucking psychopath this whole time. Thomas Wayne was fucking right. Go figure. Shit, not even related to him. You know, I've just been really confused, but now I feel totally... totally I understand 100%. No, no, oh, you're, you're acting kind of weird, Arthur. You know, like, uh, here, here, have a sip of this wine. And then it's the kind of scene goes on, and you can tell that more like that guy's just there to fucking make sure he didn't squeal. And then, like, when he, I love when it's just, like, he fucking brutally murders that guy or whatever, and then the midget guy just stands there, and he's just, like, 
freaking out, just like, oh god, oh Jesus. And so he's like, don't worry, whatever Billy or Bobby or whatever the fuck his name was, be like, dude, you were you were the only one nice to me. You you can get out of here. And then he's as he's like trying to scare. When he goes the, yeah. Well, that was the part too. I thought it was hilarious because I know it's like he locks the door and you don't think much of it. I just like, oh, he's joking. He's just locking the door. But you, it's like one of those ones when you realize that's that's almost like such a clever thing. It's like he locks the top lock up there and then realizes when the when the little guy goes over there to open the door, he can't reach it. It's just like that seems so fucked up. At the same time, I feel like I wasn't sure what was going to happen right there. I was like, oh shit, because I know Joker in the comic totally would have murked that dude yeah but i was think it's kind of funny that he le- lets him go too because at the same time that's also kind of joker like that like anybody else would be like nope sorry you gotta go i mean I-, I liked you you're the nicest guy but i can't have any witnesses and the fact that joker just doesn't care enough that just says yeah you know what you can go whatever you're <laughs> I-, I like that guy that's almost kind of just as joker at the same time too because who else would just let somebody go that has that knowledge now I guess it's a good point, because there's a couple times where he let people go just so he could follow them and fuck with them. So I guess it could go either way, but, like, that's not me saying, like, I'm actually glad he let that guy go, because I felt bad for that guy. Because you saw that guy getting shit all the time among all the other people, and Joker was the only people nice to him, he was the only people nice to the Joker. So, but I I, I do like that, that when this movie has probably one of the harshest, most darkest moments... It always follows it up with a joke, like, whatever, which is very Joker-like. The whole part, like, after he kills this guy brutally, and then the little guy is going to walk past him, Joker, in a joking manner, just, like, fucks with him, like, ah! He's reaching out for him, he just runs off, he's just like, I'm just fucking with you, I'm sorry, I'm just going, going. <laughs> and then, like, there's the, then later there's the part when, actually, when he kills Robert Downey G- not Robert Downey G- fucking Robert De Niro on television... And he's yelling and screaming into the camera. The music's building up. There's that abrupt cut. You can't tell me that part's not funny as fuck. Yeah, exactly. You know, but um, but yeah, it, it's one of those ones. It's just, it's one of those movies where it's like good, interesting. Movie. Like I kind of buy some of those ones. Like I couldn't imagine really watching this movie over and over. It's kind of one of those ones where I feel like you could you'd you'd watch it once you kind of almost forgot about the movie, just because it's like. It is one of those ones where, like, like in a sense, not a lot happens in it. At the end of the day, if you summed up this movie just on, like, all, like, the main points and not just, like, him just sitting around smoking cigarettes or walking long distances. I mean, I get it. That's part of the movie, you know, and laughing for, you know, minutes on end. It's kind of like one of those ones, you, if you just kind of sum up the main movie, you could almost, like... Because I don't know how long it's been. This movie felt like it was, like, way longer than I thought it was going to be. It's more of a character study than it is a plot. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those ones where, like... It's you got it probably an hour movie and then maybe like it's two hours long or whatever the heck it really is, but um, like if you really did sum it up, it's like it's kind of like an hour movie. It's like you know it's like an animation length, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but not saying that it's not good. It's just saying it's not one of those ones where it's not like Batman v Superman or Justice League where you could kind of throw on multiple times. You know, this is definitely one of those ones where I feel like you'd watch it once in a blue moon. Well, yeah, and that being that's not that doesn't make it a bad thing no. because, for instance, like there are movies that I really like that I can't watch all the time. Like there's the movie when we first saw it. We talked about it on the podcast before. When we first saw it, we both kind of walked out of it, going like, "Eh, it was okay. It was kind of slow," just because I think we were both expecting someone else. But George Clooney's The American, uh-huh. which 
walking out of it, I was like, eh, it was okay. It was just, it wasn't what I was expecting. It was kind of slow. And the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And I didn't even need to see it a second time before I went out and bought it. Like, you know what? That actually was a good movie. Then I went out and bought it. Like, no, this is a good movie. I can't watch it all the time, but I can definitely, it's definitely good. It's definitely worth owning. Yeah, I own it too. that movie, that, like, that movie, other Scorsese movies other than, than Taxi Driver, like, Mean Streets, Who's Knocking at My Door, movies that are definitely you can't put them on all the time because they kind of linger and it's more people just hanging out but they're good movies and you're like you have to kind of put it on every you know few years to remind yourself like oh yeah this was good yeah and, and that, that's kind of how i feel about this one you know i mean is it it's not that like you know it's not one of those ones where like even if i like even when it comes out on blu-ray i mean like i wouldn't mind owning it it'll just to, like have it for the collection and to have it, you know, for uh, it's like special features and so on, if it's got that on there, because that'd be kind of interesting to see that. But I do feel like it, probably if I bought it, like even in three months when it came out, I don't know if I'd watch it just right off the bat. It wouldn't be one of those movies would be like racing home to fucking like watch the Joker. Just saying, because I feel like I'm almost like I'm kind of good for a while on it. Like I, you know, I saw it, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, it has some great stuff in it, but it is one of those ones where like there is just those kind of like very artsy scenes of you just watching a character just kind of like do his thing and be weird and fucking dance and you know smoke cigarettes i i will say even though i did not empathize i did not sympathize with them because you know it's the joker and i know what the movie's trying to say i did get a little bit amped with after he kills that one dude the guy who's always fucking with them and then all of a sudden they start playing that song you usually hear like at baseball games or hockey games that Oh yeah, no, 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 he's like no, dancing no. on the stairs. Yeah, they're playing. Like you see, like he's finally for the first time putting on the jacket. You're seeing the back of his head with the green. He's going to the elevator. They play that song. I'm not gonna lie. I was getting amped, kind of like, oh fuck, here he is. And then I'll be honest. When I saw the trailer and I saw him dancing down the stairs, I imagined it being some kind of crazy operatic song. But then you see the movie. It's that song. I'm like, that's actually a lot more fitting and a little bit more badass. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was pretty sweet there. And, you know, I will say, because, like, almost that part, once he's kind of in, like, sort of, like, he's not, like, 100%, like, you know, Batman pushing him into Ace Chemicals Joker. It's, um, he's kind of, but he's got, like, this, you know, the, the goofy suit on. He's got the makeup, the green hair. Like, I almost kind of, I will say, I sort of wish that came a little bit earlier, and then you just saw more of that Joker. I mean, I guess somebody, you know, the person making the movie would be like, but that's what you always see. You always see that Joker. That's what everything's filled with. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's kind of who the Joker's supposed to be. We're not supposed to, like, it's kind of that thing where you almost want to tell the person that wrote the movie, be like, uh, I hope you know that we're not supposed to really see too much of the Joker's, like, pre, you know, Joker lifestyle. Like, I mean, granted, I guess somebody wants to really see that, but, like, that's always kind of been the comics, is that you just never see that part. You know what I mean? He's just a cut person you sort of know post-Joker. Yeah, well... I'll, I'll, let's actually mention this. I don't want to hold up the podcast too much longer, uh, but let's actually talk about this because this is something that people have been talking about. Like, is it true? Is it not true? Because there's a whole thing of, like, how much of this people are talking, like, how much of this movie actually happened and how much of this movie is in his head because they let you know at a few points that that yes. he's, he, he's, he's, like, not the best narrator and shit can kind of go awry and, not, and things kind of change. So there's the whole thing people are questioning. I mean, I know I have my opinions. You have your opinions. But there's a whole thing of, like, did this movie actually happen at the end of the day? And I say it did. 
I think that I think that it's meant to be open ended, but I think it did happen just because there's the whole part where he uh, he's in Arkham or wherever, and it's or maybe maybe it's not even Arkham, but he's in some insane asylum after the fact. You're like, oh shit, was this all in his head? And then after he says to the nurse, he says like, I just thought of a joke. Like, what is it? Like, you wouldn't find it funny. Like, oh, let me know. And then later you see him walking down the halls with bloody feet. It's like, okay, if he could kill her, he could probably do all this other shit. It, well, see, like, I, I didn't even think about that whatsoever because, I mean, like, I guess I can kind of see because there's a couple scenes where, like, there's the part where, like, he's watching TV with his mom and there's, like, Robert De Niro's Johnny Carson type show comes on. And then all of a sudden, as he's getting really into it, he starts thinking of himself in the audience. And Robert De Niro's like, hey, who's that guy with the goofy laugh? Arthur, come on down. You want to come stand on stage with me and compare dick sizes together? Be your greatest day <laughs> You're my son now. Yeah, you're my son. I'd give this all up just to have you as a boy. You know, and he's just having this, like, super fantasy. But, like, whenever he has a fantasy, it kind of cuts back and gives you sort of the reality. Because there's also, there's that black lady he meets in the elevator, which I almost kind of wonder, like, is this supposed to be Harley Quinn? Yeah, I mean, this day and age, you, you could never tell anymore because the characters never look like how you expect them to anymore. So it's like, I don't know, it could be. Shit. And then it's like he has this kind of, like, creepy, like, moment with her. And then for a while in the movie, they kind of make it out like, oh, no, she must be in the retards or something like that because this good, attractive-looking black lady with a kid is now, like, dating the Joker and so on. He just kind of, after he murders people, just ballsly goes into her room and you know, has their way with her and so on. And then, you know, after a while, like after his mom finally dies, you realize that, oh no, he's, he never saw, he just saw her that one time in the elevator and she's never been there and no, they're not dating and no, she doesn't like retards and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then it's like, he goes into like her, like after his mom dies, it just like, bar- like barges into her room, which I have to say this, if you live in Gotham and you do not lock your doors in this neighborhood, I don't know what is wrong with you. That was all I had to think. Yeah. Because he just walks in there. He doesn't, he doesn't break in. Doesn't, he just literally opens the door and walks in and just sits down on the couch and be like, my mom fucking died. Maybe it's, shit, maybe it's a shitty property management company. Who knows? Like, <laughs> I told him like months ago to fix the fucking, to fix the fucking doorknob. But sure enough, like crackheads and tweakers keep on coming in here and crashing on my couch and... Maybe that's why she was only kind of scared to see him. She wasn't super scared. She was like, oh, hey, uh, oh, shit, what are you doing here? Uh, well, special ed kid, it's a step up from the everybody else yeah. it barges in. Well, um, but that, that whole part right there, because, you know, it leads in the question, like you said, like, she, like, she wasn't, that was actually the lady from, Dead, from Deadpool, too, the lady that played, um, what's her name? Oh, um. Domino. Domino, yeah. ZZ Beats. Um, or Zazzy Beats, something like that. She, um, that whole part right there, I think it's kind of meant to be everything we associate is good for him. It's in his mind because for him, it's not reachable. It's not going to happen. So everything that we, we as the audience would not associate as good, like him killing people left and right, it's good to him. So that's real. You know, does that make any sense? I'm not yeah. Sure it's coming out as clear as I'm, I'm not sure it's coming coming out clearly, but uh, well, because I feel, like feel all, the, all, all the happy all the happy ending type shit that we would want to see and all the good things we want to see for him are in his mind, so that's why he goes the other way because this is what he can get away with because this is just who he is. Yeah, and I think it's like those ones because it seems like all the daydreaming stuff that he does have 
all like breaks back to reality, so it lets you know. So I think that the ending's totally real. I, I don't think that that part's not. I think by this that point, everything is just it's all now like what was what used to be fantasy has now become reality for him, and I think that's how I see it. I don't I don't think I think that's kind of a stupid to think that like. They're like, because I just thought when he was in Arkham, I'm like, well, he's fucking the Joker. Of course he's in Arkham. He got caught at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit, fucking like, you know, Jim Gordon probably came out and got him. We just didn't see that scene. Well, there's also the whole thing about him, about, um... Shit, has anybody ever seen a Gotham ep- episode before? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know Gotham's just, I know, I know uh, Arkham's just a rotating door. But at the exact same time, I feel like even if it's not him even like if that was in his mind and it's not real bruce wayne's parents were still shot in this alley and he's probably going to get out and be the joker we know of so more than likely so it's when they it's like every so often you hear like some kind of theory like there's an episode in batman where he's being tricked and he's under a scarecrow's hallucination or doctor hugo strange's something or whatever and we're meant to think that Bruce Wayne's crazy, but is he really crazy? Is the whole series just built around this man's... No, it's not. This is yeah. one fucking episode. It's sure. not that. Shut the fuck up. This is some clickbaity bullshit. And I can see where people get that from get that from this movie, but I think there's too many things that happen. I just think the fact that he's walking down an, uh, a hallway with bloody feet, I think that if he can kill her in here... He could probably do some of this shit out there. And we know that Bruce Wayne's parents are dead because it cuts back to him thinking about that. So, you know. Yeah, and plus I just think that, like, I really just think that he probably just got caught right afterwards because it's just bound to happen. The police are going to come in in full force and stop this riot and beat some fucking clowns up just like the way they fucking deserve. It's going to be re- <laughs> it's like It's like what every cop's looking forward to, a fucking riot sticks and fucking beating, beating fucking clowns. You know what I mean? They like, just get like, up there like clowns. The is the fuck way- is this? The, the fuck is this? The gathering of the juggalos? See, here's the thing: clowns is that one racial group that you ain't gonna get fucking in trouble in for fucking beating. See, you know what? The next thing it is is if a bunch, you know, let's just say I'm not gonna name any names, but if a, if a group of other protesters get together, what's it gonna look like when a bunch of fucking cops come out and beat them? Exactly, like we're a bunch of racists. We go out and beat a bunch of clowns. Everybody's fucking happy. Shit, the hippies are happy about too. Yeah, shit. The hippies are so happy that they don't mind getting beat by us, too. It's okay. A few of them will take a couple clubs to the head, you know what I mean? They're like baby seals. You just gotta kind of go for it. <laughs> they don't see it coming. Exactly. Sneak up on them, you know? Use and, uh, that Metal Gear Solid stealth. Just fucking Harvey Bullock's fucking, like, first day on the job is, like, clubbing fucking clowns. There's a reason I moved to Gotham City just for this. They said, uh, you know, I, you know, I heard on the plane ride over, I heard that I got a free pass from Club and Clowns. I didn't think that was real till now. You know, when you go to the shooting range, the, you have the the outline of the bodies. They're all fucking clowns. It's encouraged here. Yeah, it's one of those ones. It's, just, it's like it's like fucking Christmas over here. As a kid, this is the only thing I dreamed of, you know, and it's all become a reality. If you but, shoot him in the nose, you get ten extra points. But yeah, that, that, that's how, like, I guess because, like, I know in, like, a lot of people's minds, like, they, they got this kind of stupid thing that they're fucking idiots. That, like, and in, in, when they watch movies, they think if a scene doesn't happen, it's almost like it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't have that thing in their mind that goes, like, 
oh, well, maybe off camera, this, this, and that happened. You know what I mean? And I guess just, like, for me, it's like, I just go, like, it's fucking DC, right? It's the Joker. He's going to get caught by somebody. If it ain't Batman yet, well, it's Jim fucking Gordon, or it's going to be, you know, Harvey Bullock, or it's going to be somebody. You know what I mean? I don't know, I don't know who the fuck it maybe is. Maybe Flask before he went back. Yeah, maybe Flask. Maybe Flask is the guy that captures him. You know what I mean? So th- there's, there's options out there. And I just picture that. That's, that's probably what happened. You know what I mean? Probably the, the riot after that, they're like, okay, Joker's laying there. He's fucking dazed and everything like that. He's kind of Caught like, him dancing in the middle of an alley. Yeah, they caught him fucking dancing in the middle of the alley, fucking come by, clubbed him like a baby seal, and next thing you know, he wakes up in Arkham. But he's happy because he started this movement. And I, um, I'll be honest, when I heard they are making this movie, we'll wrap this up soon, but when I heard they are making this movie like two years ago, like two years ago they were talking about it, and a year ago they started releasing like stills and all that. I honestly thought this was going to be some kind of a little bit more superhero-ish and stylish. Like something to the effect of... Um, like Joker and Suicide Squad? Not literally that Joker, but something to the effect of like, like a crime movie or a... Uh, well, this, I guess to some extent this is still a crime movie. But I mean, I guess like a heist movie. And maybe he started off with lofty goals, but then it went bad... And maybe he was a little bit more of kind of like a young version of Jack Nicholson Joker. And he was trying to be cool and hip. And by the end of the movie or the third act, somewhere in there, he falls into the acid. And then he's getting revenge on all these people. And maybe we see earlier, younger versions of other DC villains like Zaz or Two-Face before he's two Like Harvey Dent before he's Two-Face. Or like Riddler when he's up and, com- 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 uh, when he's up and coming. Kind of like Gotham to a certain extent. But maybe they're like... You know what? That sounds too much. Apparently, um, Phil- Todd Phillips pitched it as art house Joker, and took a while to get them get it off the ground. But I could see that that's what came to mind when I first heard about it. But now you thinking know, back on it, that sounds too much that, like Gotham. Yeah, that sounds very much like Gotham. But I actually did kind of picture it, sort of like in a sense, the way you said it. Like I was almost expecting to be kind of like a gangster flick. Just you know what I mean? Like almost like Joker rising up in the ranks. That's almost how I pictured like. When I initially heard the the Joker movie, when I initially heard it, I actually thought it was supposed to be kind of like a sequel to Suicide Squad, I guess like the Harley Quinn movie. But you know what I mean, kind of like that. Take that Joker maybe and just make him sort of like younger or whatnot. Like I kind of thought that's how they're they're gonna maybe tie it in. And then it's like once that trailer kind of came out, it's like oh no, it's it, yeah, it's kind of art housey and so on. But I still almost kind of thought it was gonna kind of go more like him rising through the ranks because it's more like it's like it's really like the only thing that really happens is just him kind of. Going from being kind of a pathetic loser to being like, oh shit, if I kill people, people like me. Huh, it kind of works out. Maybe if I, maybe being kind of crazy isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. That and, uh, kind of like, yeah, basically kind of like that. And, and I told, I told I, my mom I was dating a black lady, and then once I realized it wasn't real, I had to kill her. Because, you know, I thought <laughs> I was being hip and cool, and then, we, you know, if, if mom realized that wasn't... Open-minded and shit. If she, yeah, if she realized that wasn't real, you know, she would just think I was lying like everything else in life. So I said, fuck it, she's... She's going out right now for a pillow. Sorry, Fuck you, mom. Way, mom. You, you let that stepdad of mine beat me, and you're not even my real mother. <laughs> uh, Next week, I'm back. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it, at the same time, as well as what's like, I would probably prefer the Joker that's like the rise up, like like you make it like Goodfellas, but like just Joker and crazy and weird. I would almost kind of prefer that story more uh, just myself, but at the same time, I do give it credit for what it is, just because it's mm-hmm. something so different, you know what I mean? 
it's not like the greatest movie ever, but it's one of those ones where it's just like the idea to take a superhero genre and just say, like, here's something you, you wouldn't expect to happen. I think that just in itself is just neat. Well, I do like the idea. Now that we're talking about it, I do like the idea of this movie. And it sounds kind of Gotham-ish. At the same time, though, it's uh, maybe a handful of the criminals. Not all of them, but a handful of the criminals. And treated almost kind of like a Snatch movie. Uh-huh. But not a Snatch movie. A Guy Ritchie movie. Kind of like Snatch or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And they're trying to pull off this job. And Batman is out there, but he's kind of more of an enigma. They don't really know him that well. <laughs> maybe they... They've yeah they've been kind of like thwarted by him once or twice but never really saw him clearly so it's more of he's just this force out there and this is more of these guys trying to pull off this job and by the end of it they become the villains who we think they are and that sounds a little bit more flashy sounds maybe even quasi like you know um, I know a lot of people are like I don't want to know that I just want to know this I want to know that and part of me gets up another part of me is like. We've seen so many versions of these characters by this point. Why not? Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, though, this movie was still... I almost said, it's a fun movie. It's not fun, but it's a good movie. Well, there's fun fun moments in it. There's fun moments. You have to be right state of mind to watch it, and I was when I saw it. So um, I'm not going to say it's for everybody. Um, I think people are... It's weird. People are making it out to be it's the worst movie ever made or it's the greatest movie ever made. It's definitely neither, but it's a good movie. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely. There's, I, I wouldn't even put it at all in like a bad category. It's still like all good. It's just, it's kind of different. It's like one of those ones. It's not really like a comic book person's movie in a sense. I feel like it's totally made. It, it's literally like mine's like a guy making like, dude, this is the only way my parents are ever going to respect like what I'm into is if I make a very like artsy Joker movie because you know that's yeah. all, all. You know what I mean? Like that. It's sort of a. That's what kind of much. It's a superhero made movie made for people like, kind of like, yeah, just like artsy fartsy people who would never like get near a comic book. Like, it's 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 made for those people. But odd, that's always kind of like an odd one when you try to make it for somebody who probably doesn't care about your stuff in the first place. Mm-hmm. But that's not saying that no. not anybody can watch it. Though I was kind of surprised because I thought like when I was kind of out of that movie, I'm like, this reminds me of one of those movies where I could see a lot of people walking out of this movie like thirty or forty five minutes into it, and being like, the fuck am I watching? You know what I mean? Like, I showed up for a fucking Batman movie, and this is, like, I'm watching a guy fucking creep around and, like, have a goofy laugh, and nobody fucking likes him. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, and I think that's the thing that a lot of... Well, I don't know. A lot of comic book fans have been understanding about that. I feel... Well, I think comic book fans would be, but, like, I think a lot of people, like, just like those kind of bros who are like, fuck, it's the Joker movie. It's gonna be fucking badass. You know what I mean? It's just be like, picture Heath Ledger, but just starring in it the whole time. Well, it's funny you say that, because I had some kind of hipstery, um... Here's the thing, I don't want to go into... I say not really hipstery, but more kind of just those guys who are like, yeah, dude, I've always wanted to see a fucking superhero movie where it's just the fucking bad guy. Well, no, alright, let me put it this way. Um, I don't want to go into a whole other tangent here, but (laughs) there's like those kind of sort of hipster bros where it's just kind of like, yeah, they like, they have weird tastes, but they still like to kind of party and drink a lot, and they're kind of like more of like weirder, eclectic, they're into weirder, eclectic things, and they have kind of like maybe some weirder, bougier interest, not bougier, but just weirder, more obscure interest, but at the end of the day, when you hear them talking, it still comes like, oh, bro, like after a few drinks, it totally becomes like just any other like, bro, I got so fucked up the other night, it was like, oh, you know, and... 
I was kind of sitting next to one of those guys during this movie, and he was one of the guys at the what? You know, and I kind of overheard him talking a little bit, like after the movie. He wasn't talking during the movie, thankfully, but during the during the credits. I'm like, I'll be honest, I don't want to see this movie because I think superhero stuff's kind of stupid and I never really got into it, but, you know, uh, I really liked it. It was kind of, like, deeper into, like, other things that I don't think most superhero movies dive into. And, da -da -da -da. and I'm like, all right, we gotta go. I'm... <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> this is a good movie, but I can't listen to this fucking Nimrod right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I could see that kind of person being really too, but I could also see, like, the, the exact, like, another person being like, dude, what the fuck? I expect this to be, like, a villain movie where it's just, like, fucking Joker kicking ass the whole time and he's just bitching around for, like, 90% of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's one of those weird movies. Like, I, I, I would love to see a poll just from, because I just feel like it's going to have, like, some people are going to think it's, like, the greatest movie. Some people are going to think it's just really good. But I could just see it having a full spectrum of, like, you know what I mean? Because it's not a movie for everybody. It's totally... You wouldn't just send anybody to this film. You wouldn't just throw this movie on for like fucking Thanksgiving with the family. It's it's like it's definitely like you gotta be like in the mood, and I feel like you gotta almost be kind of in the film to like jump into this movie. It's not just a, it's not an everybody movie though. It seems like everybody's showing up. Yeah, it's the weird thing. About Shit, it. it's like fucking. It's more crowded than like you know a lot of the spinoff Avengers movies. So it's kind of like, oh, shit, I didn't realize, you know what I mean? Like, I was just so surprised. I, was, I look up like, oh, I just, I expected people to be here. I just didn't, I didn't expect to be that crowded. I was just, okay. It oh, should, dude, Batman. they had, it, it, in my theater, Joker was on three cinemas, had fucking screen times starting as early as four o'clock on opening day. I was like, the, get the fuck out. I'm like, really? That is, I, I don't know, I just... Maybe it is just more, way more popular than I thought, but I just thought that this was going to be, like, the ultimate spin-off DC movie, you know what I mean? Like, but maybe this, not. This is not meant to sound condescending, but Tuolumne County it may not know a whole lot about Batman, but people love it when a Batman thing comes out there. Well, that's probably, like, pff, a, many a towns, too, like, you know what I mean? Like, cause I always but feel... I just noticed that with Tuolumne County, just because, like, there, I could walk around, like, in a Nightwing shirt, and I, I could walk around in a Nightwing shirt here, People barely say anything. I walk around Nightwing shirt in Tuolumne County. I get like four response like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe it's one of those ones. Maybe in like, I don't know, kind of like outsider towns. It sounds kind of weird, but like maybe you get more almost like comic book respect in a sense at this point in time. Like it's more amplified in like a smaller town where there's not as much of it. So maybe since it's not as much of it, it just the people who do like it like it that much more. Well, and maybe it's just the thing is that now it's finally I think it's like, here's the thing. You know, in the, you know, 10, 15 years ago and plus, you couldn't walk around with, like, you know, pride with anything that had to do with superheroes, comic books, anime, and all that kind of stuff. And maybe since, like, that, that floodgate is finally open that, like, nobody's going to say anything anymore about that stuff, that everybody who, like, technically liked it but would have had to keep it locked up and hidden can now freely express it. I think that sort of also has to do with it, too. You know, I, I think that really does because, you know what I mean, like... You know, when we were growing up, it's like, yeah, you didn't fucking just, you couldn't just walk anywhere if that. It'd be, like, asking for trouble. But now it's just like, I, I think it's just one of those ones nobody fucking cares about that anymore. It's just like that finally dissolved. And it's just like, shit, who cares? You could be fucking driving a tractor and fucking, like, wearing a Superman t-shirt. Fuck you, I do what I want. <laughs> Pretty much by this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, so I think maybe that's it. But, uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think the Joker was, it's still, like, worth seeing. It's definitely, a, like, a, a worse C movie. I just feel like it was once, like, I know it's not for everybody, so you just don't know what the heck their reaction's gonna be. Felt like if you, if you, some of those movies, if you took the whole family to go see this, you would have, like, 
multiple like you know everybody would probably have a different opinion about how that movie goes down there's still probably going to be somebody who's like you know i saw billy the batman cartoon in the in the 1989 batman movie and for some reason this movie was not anything like i thought it would be i just thought that r rating was just a suggestion i didn't know he was actually going to be stabbing people in the fucking eye you know that you probably get some of that still but not too much of that <laughs> yeah there probably is still a bit of that though i bet you that's I hate to say it, but we all know that happens. That's, that feels Why like that... they do this? Batman's for the kids. Yeah, that type of shit. Yep, yep, that that kind of stuff. But um, but no, I, I think it's it's one of those movies. I think it falls under like the there, there's kind of like the I guess you would say there's those superhero movies that sort of kind of break ground where it's just kind of like it op- it kind of allows maybe other stuff to happen. You know, I think Logan was like the kind of like like one of the other big ones that was in the, about that where it's like, huh, you could you know, I think for like the general audience, they're like, oh, I guess you can go like way more different places with it. You know, it doesn't have to just be you know your classic superhero kind of style. And I think I this- think it really it really starts with like Dark Knight, mm-hmm. Deadpool kind of leaned into it a little more in a different way. Yeah, and then Logan said. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do let's do art house Wolverine, but make it a little bit more action oriented. And this is like let's do art house Batman, but less action, more art, and yeah. less house maybe. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just think it, overall it's just an interesting thing, and you know, yeah, yeah, just one of those ones. But um, but yeah, good good fun stuff. And then I don't know. I would like to see the like the young Jack Nicholson version where he plays Joker and it's just that, that almost sounds fucking interesting in itself. Just fucking have the CG version of young Jack Nicholson. Just like why not? You know what I mean? Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be up for that. We, yeah, we, could, we, we, we got a, we got a movie coming out where Will Smith fights like Fresh Prince of Bel Air Will Smith. So like fuck it. If we could have a whole like young Will Smith movie, let's have a whole young Jack Nicholson movie. But he's the Joker. You know what? Why not? I'm up for that. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, all, all, all sorts of cool things we can have in the future. But, um, but yeah, beyond that, though, um, we, we, it sounds like we got more DC stuff to look forward to at the moment than we do anything else. So, can't beat that. But, uh, till then, go check out oldmanorange.com. Grab yourself a copy of Pizza Boys Issue 8. That is out still. And it will be out. I guess not like most ones. Like, it's out still. It's, it's going away quickly, you know? Quickly. Get away, you can. Yeah. No, 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 it's there. Buy some. It's on Comixology. That's your on... local newsstand right now. It's on Comic Central, or it's almost on Comixology. It might be a little bit of time. It takes a sweet time to be on that one. It's on Amazon. But then uh, Old Man Orange, more podcasts, cartoons, animations, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again. We're out of here.